for thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, so we're doing our Job post series podcast. Kind of normally we get into the nuggets, but we have a, a special guest with us, uh, Kelsey Doan, who's actually the coordinator for spiritual formation at GCU. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to spend some time diving into some of the things that we did and didn't dive into in the Book of Job. Kelsey has a really unique perspective on the Book of Job. It's one of her favorite, or I think your favorite yeah, book. I think my uh, favorite of the Bible. Um, so it's we're going to old thing. To I yeah. know. I know. It's we'll see. Yeah. So really, we're just here to nerd out a little bit and uh, talk about diving in deeper to the book of Job. And and we were just saying a couple minutes ago on camera, we could have easily done this book for a whole year and then we could have done it again um, (laughs) from a different perspective and then probably a third time from a different perspective because it is just, I mean, it's, it's meant to be read and meditated on for a lifetime. Mm. Um, and so eight sermons over one summer um, just barely <laughs> begins to... kamikaze yeah. to me. It was, yeah. it was tough to get through it. Yeah. 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 But maybe uh, before we dive in, Kelsey, could you kind of tell us a little bit who you are, uh, you sure. know, your time at Living Streams and what you do? Because yeah. uh, I think you're probably a new person for a lot of people watching with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, it's fun to get to you know, be listening through the sermon series and then now kind of get to see, you know, some behind the scenes um, of what's happening, pick your guys' brain a little bit. Um, So I've been coming to Living Streams for, gosh, I think five or six years. Um, And I'm from the Valley, local, um, was on staff at a church um, before then, and then um, found Living Streams and wasn't planning on staying, was kind of just going to use it as a stopover and have never left and (laughs) and just so grateful for it. Um, And so I work at GCU. Um, get to hang out with college kids all day, which is the best and so much fun. And they're mm-hmm. wild and crazy and teach me so much about Jesus. And so I work in the office of spiritual life. Um, we do a bunch of different things like our chapel services and life groups and, um, outreach and really wonderful things. Um, and what I get to do is, uh, is help run our spiritual formation program. So what that looks like is, uh, teaching students about spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices and, and really help them go from just professing Christianity to practicing it and, and actually giving them a framework of how to do that. Not just like, hey, here's here's a great talk. Hope it inspires you, which is so important. Yeah. Um, but giving them some like, I kind of call it like a toolbox of like, you can kind of pull this out, like lament, like we'll probably talk about today yeah. of what is that and how does that actually look like? And what is that? What is that in your life for a 19, 20 year old when your world falls apart or the world yeah. around us is falling apart? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's really fun. I, I love getting to work there. Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm excited to hear more about that. When we were talking on the phone, you were sharing yeah. a little bit of your perspective on Job, mm-hmm. sharing about kind of some of the practical aspects of mm-hmm. lament. So I'm excited to talk about that a little bit later on uh, yeah. today in the podcast. But um, yeah. Ryan, you uh, you had a couple of messages in this series. You got to wrap us up. I got to bookend um, it, which yeah. I feel like is hard and easy at the same time. Like there's Job, you got like chapter one and two, then you have a lot of talking, and then you have mm. chapter 42. And yep. It's like, the, the you know, wrapping up and summarizing it was tough. But I think when I first dove into it, we had spent so much time studying it. Yeah. So we, I don't even know how long ago we decided to do Job, but more than six months ago. Mm. And we had been studying Job. We had been going through some different things. Um, I heard an interview from this guy named Christopher Ash. Um, he wrote one of the best books, I feel like, on Job in terms of it's a real quick summary of what is it about, how is Jesus found in the book of Job, and it was just so interesting. So read his book, we were reading his book, chewing on it, agreeing with it, disagreeing with it, and... Uh, so by the time we got into week one, I felt like I have so many things to say. <laughs> I don't know how to like yeah. strip this back. Um, but the main thing for me is as looking at the book of Job, I think so many people approach it and they go, read this if you're going through a hard time and it yeah. will help mm-hmm. you out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, 
that is not the purpose of the book of Job. It is not a book of answers. I mean, Job has all these Mm. questions, and when God shows up, he doesn't answer any of them. He doesn't go through, okay, here's point one. Let me answer you here. So obviously there's some tension that the Lord is okay with. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's some things for us that are real sticky, and even as Christians, I feel like we're real reticent to like jump into. But it's so important when you look at the book of Job to understand this is a messy book, just yeah. like life is messy, yeah. you know? Um, so for me, I was trying to summarize it. I'm like, okay, if it's not the book for why do bad things happen to good people, what is this a book mm-hmm. of? And I just kept coming back to the word wrestling. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is a book of Job wrestling with God, kind of like Jacob wrestled with God, kind of like Israel is wrestling mm-hmm. with God. Um, there's, this sort of, uh, there's this sort of thing that you read into it and you realize that God is okay with tension He's okay with a little bit of wrestling and hard questions. And I thought for our community, I'm like, this is the real, this is the real beauty of Job. Not that it's a book of easy answers, mm-hmm. but it's a book of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the Satan, Satan coming in there. And to me, to me, the biggest thing is, is you feel like as a Christian that that shouldn't be like, you hear things like mm-hmm. God cannot handle any, you know, um, unclean thing in his presence. And yet in the book of Job, Satan shows up to him and he's mm-hmm. talking to him. So you're going, okay, some of our assumptions and maybe big things that we say about the character of God, we have to be open to have discussion about it. Mm-hmm. But did Satan crash the party? I don't know. You know, did, yeah. but did God invite Satan to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the table? I don't know. And that was one thing I've, I wish I could have unpacked a little bit more because um, the more I started thinking about that, the more I thought, well, is it problematic in some ways, at least on an emotional theological level, that God allows evil in the world? Well, yeah, that brings up some tension. Um, and is it a problem in some ways, and problems maybe not the word, does it bring tension, mm-hmm. the fact that Satan comes to mm-hmm. God and says, can I do this? And God says, yes, you know. Yeah. Um, but the more I was chewing on it, I thought, well, isn't that better than Satan being the equal to God mm-hmm. and he could do whatever he wants and God's just trying to like figure out how to make it turn to good? Mm-hmm. Well, no, God's completely in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that uh, Christopher Ash says it, it's like Satan's a, a dog on a leash. Yeah. Like he has power, but God is reining him in. And, and I think that was when you're looking at the book of Job, those are the kind of things that I'm like, I wish I could unpack that a little bit further because yeah. that feels, feels weird to us mm-hmm. in normal Christian world. You know? yeah. And to your wrestling point, you know, it's like the whole book of Job, I feel like is, uh, I, 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 I couldn't agree more that that's where you land on with it, right? Because it yeah. isn't a book of answers, but it's a book of questions that are intentionally meant to sit a little bit of heartburn or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Sit oddly or weird or uncomfortably yeah. because they're, they're real life. You know, right. I love that the Bible, you know, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, I mean, this is one of the, one of the most amazing pieces of literature to have ever mm-hmm. been written. Yeah. There's, it's no mistake that it's, it's, we've held on to it for thousands of years. Yes. Um, the Bible in its entirety, but also specifically the book of Job here, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not the, the cheap, easy, lazy answers that, you know, Christians are often, con- uh, 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 uh 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, accused. I won't yes. say confused. That's not the right. <laughs> I was confused. Yeah. Uh, that the Christians are often uh, accused of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly the opposite. It doesn't give mm-hmm. answers. I love yeah. to compare the book of Job to the to the movie Inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes. because that, I and that movie. Oh man, it's so good. Uh, and then you Spanked get to the, up. you know, spoiler alert, right? You get to the end of the movie, right? And that's what the whole movie mm-hmm. is like, leaning to this one moment that doesn't resolve, right? You know, the top is spinning, mm-hmm. you know, and it represents whether or not the whole thing was a dream or not, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then, it, and then you see the top begin to wobble a little bit, but it's still going solid, and then the movie cuts, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you're left to wonder, well, which was it? Yeah, was and this you, real or not? And you yeah. realize the whole movie was this movie if the top falls, and the whole mm-hmm. movie was that mm-hmm. movie if the top doesn't fall. Yeah. And I, my my take on that is that that was on purpose. I mean, yes. obviously, yeah. of course, it was on purpose, but somehow that seems contentious because everybody says it fell or it didn't fall. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I and I would say no. A I third think, option. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was a beautiful piece of art mm-hmm. that a movie that was masterfully composed to be two different movies in parallel. Yeah. And depending on whether it falls or not, and you'll never know whether it falls or not because it was supposed to be both at the same time. And the book of Job in a lot of ways is that way, although I think Mm -hmm. there are answers to the questions that the book of Job poses, but the book of Job does not show you if the top falls or not. The book of Job does not give you a clean resolve. Mm-hmm. It's meant and because what happens the moment you finished watching Inception in the movie theater the first time or on the couch with your friends the very first time you watched it, what happened? Movie cuts and you're immediately talking with all of your friends. Did <laughs> yes. it fall? Did it not fall? <laughs> yeah. you're cho- and you and you continue to do so. And here we yeah. are years after the movie's released and mm-hmm. we're still saying did it fall or not fall? Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like I've got a hot take, you know, that it, <laughs> sure. it, not, not, it did and didn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh Hmm. And and so we're thinking about it a lot more. Hmm. And the book of Job could give you the answers that it poses, I think. I think mm-hmm. there are answers to many of the questions. Yeah. But it doesn't give them because because the value is in the wrestling. Hmm. Yeah. Because there are some answers that just won't satisfy when they're written on a page. Yeah. They have hmm. to be fought through. You have to yeah. gain the answer to that question by wrestling with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And certainly if the point of all of it is relationship with the Lord, then Mm -hmm. knowing the answer might actually have you escape from actually holding the answer, which is nearness to the Lord. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great point. It's like you kept saying, just stay at the table. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, and I think you said that maybe in a couple of your sermons of kind of the, the beauty here is you stay at the table, you know, that that's what we can take away is what, what does it look like for you and your wrestling Mm. to stay at the table, which I thought was so helpful, yeah. you know, in a book that can be so confusing, but to kind yeah. of have a nugget to hold on to. Yeah. Well, and David and I were talking a lot about Job is deconstructing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, which mm-hmm. is a buzzword right now. And maybe Definitely people who it, don't do church as like, yeah, college students is a big buzzword. Um, but Job is asking a lot of questions. And, but the thing that separates Job is he, he doesn't go into maybe the laziness of legalism, mm-hmm. which I feel like his friends are going into this totally. like, oh, well, if God's like this and this is how it is, then just repent. Like, mm-hmm. just give, give up, Job. Like, mm-hmm. this is, these are the rules. Just follow them, you know? And Job's sitting there going, no, this is not, you put this into God and then you get that out every time. It's a lot more complicated. So he doesn't dive into the, like, for me, I think the emotional laziness of legalism is the only th- way I could think of it. Like legalistic people are like, I don't want to chew on that. I don't want to keep asking mm-hmm. the questions. I'm just going to choose to just believe this and give up, you know. Nor did he at the end of his deconstruction just throw it all away and say, you know what? This whole God thing is ridiculous. I'm yeah. not in, you know. And he just stayed in that tension. He stayed mm-hmm. in that middle place. 
And that is the, the wrestling of Job that I feel like is so beautiful and really represents so much of my walk with God. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, there's many times where I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to mm-hmm. this question. And I could go this way or I could go that way. And, and it's hard to stay in the middle mm-hmm. and to keep wrestling. But there's something about that that obviously God honors yeah. and loves, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I loved and I hated when you used that word uh, because I, because I, I I really liked that word when people first started using uh-huh. it. You know, mm-hmm. it's gained a connotation that means walking away from the Lord mm-hmm. and creating my own religion yes. that loosely resembles Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what I think what the denotation of the word, the definition of that word, I, I would I would imagine is something more like. You know, when you're, well, when I was a kid and I was very messy mm-hmm. and I had a room that was out of control and I didn't know how to clean it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like, you know, I was told, well, just go to your giant pile of, of mess mm-hmm. and then start breaking it mm-hmm. into other piles yeah. and then work from there. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's like, well, here's my, you know, here's my trash pile. Mm-hmm. Here's my goodwill pile. Here's mm-hmm. my keep pile. Here's my, you know, needs to go to another room of the house pile or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, I would say the healthy kind of deconstruction would be when you say, okay, let me break everything into its pieces. Mm-hmm. And let me say, where are the things that are lies that yeah. I've been believing and holding mm-hmm. uh, as mm-hmm. a part? And maybe I, maybe I inherited from my tradition or my family or, yeah. uh, or that I just came to realize, but didn't know that they were, uh, came to believe, but didn't know that they were lies yeah. or the things that are neither here nor there. They're just, helpful bits, there are elements of culture mm-hmm. or things like that that are a part of my walk with the Lord and my tradition sure. or my, you know, and, and, and they're perfectly fine. But let me just realize that those are not black and white. They're okay this way, that way, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that are actually true, mm-hmm. that are solid and dependable? And if we deconstruct and break them into those three pieces, I mm-hmm. can say, well, let's get rid of this pile. Let's get rid of the pile of lies. Yeah. And then let's hold the pile of kind of that uh, just culturally things that actually are relative mm-hmm. that are okay here and not there or better here but sure. worse there mm-hmm. and and just realize that I can hold those open handedly mm-hmm. and then let's cling to the truth let's cling to what's mm-hmm. right and what's real and what's yeah. good but what a lot of people seem to do is they just say well let me separate things into things that I hate don't care about and like mm-hmm. and let me leave only the pile of what I like of what, what sure. feels good to me mm-hmm. and that's that's you know that's that Job is side. a great example yeah. of of how to deconstruct in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Um, I'd say there's a solid argument for maybe just throwing that word away because of the connotations <laughs> sure. that it has. But well, reclaiming it, there's another ar- argument for that too. Yeah. I feel like hourly, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, very true. But in the truest sense, I think somebody who's asking questions, Job, mm-hmm. yeah. really shows that mm-hmm. how to ask good questions, but mm-hmm. not to give up on it and to right. stay at the yeah. table. Because he stays yeah. rooted in the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't. It, even when there's so much evidence to the contrary of God's goodness, mm-hmm. yeah. Job knows now somehow. Mm. Like there's something about my walk with the Lord, something about the interactions I've had with the Lord that gives me a confidence, even though I feel very shaky in that confidence, that God is still good. Mm. And so let me show up and yell at him. And I I always give that example when I talk about it. It's like when you're, you know, if you and I were good friends and... um, and you came into the room and you said, hey, how's it going? And I said, fine. Mm. You know, and I said, are you mad at me? No. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Right? Like, Clearly you're if, mad. If yeah. we have that interaction, I'm not honoring our relationship. Right. Mm. 
Mm. You know, like like I, I may there may be a part of me that thinks I'm keeping the peace. You know, sure. I'm just gonna shove it down and not talk about it. But I'm not honoring our relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm actually creating distance. I'm actually pushing you away mm-hmm. in my in my decision to not talk about the thing that when you clearly know there's something to right. talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think oftentimes we do that with the Lord. Mm. People yeah. do that with the Lord. Where yeah. you know they're they're hurting, they're angry, they're sad, they're grieving, they're mad at the Lord. Yeah. And they think, well, God is God. He's powerful. He's big. Yeah. If I'm mad at him, he's going to slap me. Hmm. So I'm just going to say, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. God. And you, you're not honoring him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's actually more honoring would be, you know, if you walk in and mm-hmm. you're mad and I yell at you and I totally. tell you why I'm mad at you. And I yep. say like, this is frustrating. You did yep. this. I can't believe that you would do this. Yep. Yeah. Because then I'm, I'm obviously the best, the best scenario would be to calmly explain my feelings <laughs> sure. and give you some, you know, when you this, I feel right. this kind of statements or whatever. But uh, but even if I yell at you, like I'm actually coming like coming mm-hmm. to the table yep. and yeah. giving you an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, here's a misunderstanding or yeah. even, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm wrong. Well, you're fighting for the friendship at that point, yeah, you know, exactly. which is what Job does is like he's fighting for it. Mm-hmm. If he didn't care, if he wanted to move on, he'd be like, yeah. okay, God, there's so much evidence. And mm-hmm. I love that word that you use, the evidence. There's too much evidence against why yeah. mm-hmm. you're not good. Yeah. And everyone else is highlighting this evidence. And mm-hmm. so- I'm going to go on the evidence and I'm not going to fight for it, yeah. Yeah. you know, which is particularly hard to ask people to do in the midst of suffering. Mm. And I, it seems like that's why deconstruction is such a hot topic in the sense of it often comes out of a real mm-hmm. raw trauma and suffering. Yes. And so yeah. Yeah. then to clap back intensely as sometimes I want to do with deconstruction, like don't do it, stay at the table. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. it's yes. like, it is often born out of deep trauma and pain. Mm-hmm. And so to ask or invite people or model Hey, stay at the table is like, how do you want me to stay at the table? Yeah. Like yeah. everything around me is evidence for why I shouldn't. Yes. And so it's a yeah. Job yeah. is just so unique in that yeah. and, and models that we can, but we can do it not being like, okay, God, you go yeah. first. And it's like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk first. Like here's <laughs> yeah. here's what's wrong. Here's when when went yeah. south, you know. And mm-hmm. so I love that that yeah. Job really when you're t- for it. when you're teaching Job, mm-hmm. how do you traverse that first? first bit because there are so yeah. many things in that first chapter there's yeah. so many things i'm like you could talk about that or that, <laughs> totally. or that, or that you know and you feel like if i only talk a little bit about the satan i feel right. like i'm leaving so much out gosh you know? yeah. yeah i mean the times that i have taught it i always wish to your point that i had way more time you know whether it's <laughs> yeah. like is it a challenger is it an angel is it the enemy like yeah. who is that character in yes. there i don't know yeah. um i really try to highlight particularly it depends on the context um th- Job's response in that Mm. moment of that he tore his robe and he worshiped, right? And so tearing of the robe was that sign in in Jewish culture and Hebrew culture of just kind of this idea of mourning, right? And so just being like, man, everything in me is is mourning this. And so kind of in essence, he was lamenting in that way. And Mm. he really does lament later on, I think chapter three, but that his response was like so honest. It wasn't okay, God, whatever you say, life sucks. It's like, he was not well. Yes. yeah. And yet he worshiped somehow. Mm. Like that is, and so based on my work that I do with spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines of just talking about like that is, I can almost guarantee what you shouldn't guarantee because I don't know the backstory, but I could <laughs> almost guarantee that's not the first time Job did that. Yeah. That that is not yeah. formed out of uh, instinct. Yeah. I was watching, I don't know if you guys have seen the Derek Jeter docuseries that's on. It's called uh-uh. The Captain. It's incredible. Uh-uh. And if you're a baseball fan or love sports history, 
Highly recommend it. Mm. But I was watching an episode the other night, and they were talking about the 2001 American League Championship Series. He's a Yankee. He's playing. He's playing shortstop, obviously. And he makes this incredible, incredible play where he comes across the diamond to the first baseline to catch and kind of a, a poor throw from the right fielder mm. to, to home base. And, and the guy gets out at home. And it's this, it's this wild play. Mm. And the commentator is talking about this. And he's like, you know, everyone the next day in the papers was saying that was a great baseball instinct. Like, that mm. was just great instincts. And the commentator said that wasn't a great play of instincts. That was a great play of practice mm. and muscle memory. Yeah. And so that's often what I try to point to in Job mm. without taking too much out of context of, I imagine he had a practice of worship and I imagine mm-hmm. he had a practice of lament in that yeah. when we hop onto the scene in chapter one, mm-hmm. it's not his chapter one. And mm-hmm. so although it seems like his life was great and easy, I'm sure there were moments of real pain. And so mm-hmm. what does that look like for us to build that muscle memory in mm-hmm. us? So then when suffering comes as it will, it's not yeah. the first time yeah. we're, we're banking on instinct. Yeah. You know? That was actually yeah, one of the key true. things that, uh, that we honed in on when we were talking about kind of, we map things out and then mm. we said, okay, what are our mm. filters? Like we can't do everything. We can't die, right. but what do we want to happen through this series? Mm. Um, and that was one of the big things mm. that, that, that not to give a second, well, mm-hmm. absolutely to give a second analogy. The exact same <laughs> yes. I was going to say, you said muscle memory. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was exactly, yeah. and I think we talked yep, about it on the yep, phone last yeah. week too. And mm. we, you know, there was this, uh, we were saying like, what we want is we want people to have exactly that yeah. experience, right? Because yep. the book of Job, it's utility and suffering mm-hmm. is much more like you said, like before, mm-hmm. like don't mm. give it to someone through no. suffering. Yeah. I mean, maybe because like better late than never, I suppose, <laughs> sure. uh, but really give it to someone years mm-hmm. before the suffering hits, you know, and there was yeah. this movie and I can't even remember the name of the movie, but it's Tom Hanks in an airplane that was crashing or whatever, you know, and it wasn't uh Castaway. No, it wasn't Castle. Yeah, well, I know. I like, it's he goes down on a lot of, yeah, on a lot of, a lot of planes. I think okay. it was Tom Hanks anyway. Okay. But it was actually on the plane. You know, okay. what's, yeah. what the whole movie was was about the plane going down. And mm. um, and there was this moment uh, which just weirdly, like, tugged at my heartstrings. And I like, mm. makes me want to cry even thinking about it sometimes, even though it's like, you're like, you're weird. Why is that, <laughs> that emotional? I think just because, like, pedal to the metal moment. But mm. where the plane is starting to go down mm. and all the flight attendants – they do their thing. They mm-hmm. have this chant, like, you know, you know, tuck your knees, mm-hmm. masks on, buckle up, what I don't remember. You know, they mm-hmm. have this chant that they're repeating over and over and over again, all five, six, mm-hmm. seven, ten of them, however many flight attendants are on the on the plane, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're they're getting buckled into their little flight attendant seats or whatever, and they're just in it. It's like this is happening, this moment they've trained for that has, I mean, mm. and you know that feeling when you get on the plane, they're like, and you put the mask mm-hmm. on and you buckle and you're like, yeah. whatever, you're just yeah. like on your phone, even <laughs> though you're supposed to be on airplane mode, you mm. know, and getting your last text message and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and you imagine for the flight attendants, it's the same thing when they do training, it's mm-hmm. like planes never going down, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. but now all of a sudden they've, they've had mm-hmm. this burning into their mind. The moment that was never supposed to happen is happening, and they're just boom. They're, they're prepared. Ready. It's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know what's going on. That was our big hope. Mm-hmm. Was exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Is that it would be, you know, it would be a moment of good practice. Totally. That it's like when that happens. And the thing is, is planes don't go down often. Right. You know, uh, but you, but you're gonna have suffering. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hit yeah. a moment where everything's going to feel like it's crumbling. Mm-hmm. And so you can guarantee that the practice that you invest, that the, that the wrestling with God that you mm-hmm. invest now, years before you lose a child, yeah. you go through mm-hmm. divorce, 
you experience a great tragedy, you lose your job, whatever it may be, you know that you're going to put that in, yeah. into practice. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the Lord gives and the Lord totally. takes away. Mm-hmm. Blessed be yep. the name of the Lord. And yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a reason why that's the most known verse mm-hmm. in Job. But most yeah. people probably have no idea they have where no it's idea. from. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And the context of it is beautiful because yeah. it is, it's that muscle memory. It's yep. that things have gone wrong. Yep. And I don't know much, but I do know this. God is sovereign. He's in charge. Blessed be his name. Like, mm-hmm. this is all he has to, to bring to the table. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we, we think, uh, I think we struggle with the sovereignty of God. We mm-hmm. always wanted to, to talk about whatever spiritual authority we have. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the spiritual authority. All of that's true. All of that's good. Prayer is good. All of that's, that's great. But there are these moments where you crash into the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. and you have a choice. Do I lament, you know, and, and second guess God, which Job eventually gets into? But Job's very first response is, I trust you, God. No matter what, I trust you. And I feel like even though he went into a season of being frustrated and asking a lot of questions, that first reaction was mm. so key. Mm. And a lot of us, I think, and we talked about this, this when tragedy strikes, that first moment, mm-hmm. you have a choice to make, how you're mm. going to respond. Because, you know, afterward, it's going to get harder. The longer that that thing goes on, the more that Job is processing my kids aren't going to come to my house mm-hmm. anymore and have yeah. special dinners. The mm-hmm. more that Job is thinking of that, the more questions that God is bringing. But he laid that foundation of worship mm-hmm. right off the bat, and mm-hmm. that was his muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and his trust in the Lord, it's not like some magical fortitude mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he was gifted with that you and I just don't happen to have. It was an yeah, intentional decision. Point. It's yeah. it's much like the man who says, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like he comes to the Lord and he's essentially saying, I trust you, but I don't trust you yeah. but i yeah. still trust you yeah. with just yeah. like a pinky toe in yeah. the place of trust like yeah. just enough hmm. you know to to cling to that. that was actually one of the things that i uh like in the whole series one of the big things that i was like oh it's a bummer we didn't get into this one uh, it was one of the topics we had discussed maybe for messages didn't end up manifesting which is mm. really like job's progressive revelation of jesus mm. throughout the yeah. book mm-hmm. of job um, right. And it's a really beautiful thing to track as you, as you go through all of the story and, you know, in, in chapter nine, he says, there's, there's no arbiter between me and God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, what am I going to do? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been wronged and mm-hmm. God is perhaps in the wrong, but also I, I kind of like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to yell at God about mm-hmm. it and not yeah. run away from him. Um, but what am I going to do? Who's going to go between me and God? And his comforters and, are going, nobody, yeah. you can't yeah. go to yeah. God. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not He's even an no option one. here, Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then in, in, in chapter 13, then he says, though he slay mm. me yet, I will trust in the Lord. He said, I'm going to stay rooted in God. I don't get it. It's not right. I'm, I'm hopeless. There's no one to go bring my case before the mm. Lord. And then in, uh, in chapter 16, some somewhere between between you know chapter nine when he says there's no arbiter and chapter sixteen he says even now my witness is in heaven he who testifies for me is on high somehow he realized wait a minute wait a minute a minute somehow there I think there's a witness I think there's hmm. someone there's not no arbiter for me yeah. there's someone hmm. who's in heaven who's on high mm-hmm. who's who's bringing my who's who's a witness that has been called to the stands on my behalf mm-hmm. in heaven and then in in nineteen. He makes this powerful statement. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Uh, and he says, and then at last, uh, he will stand upon the earth. And there's, there's just this beautiful, like, where did that come from? Yeah. You know, this guy, this is, this is, you know, hundreds, 
probably thousands of years before the incarnation, before mm-hmm. Jesus, before the thing that we celebrate on Christmas, and certainly before the you know the death, the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And yet he knows mm. that he has a redeemer who lives. Well, well, where is that redeemer? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he can't be talking about a cousin yeah. um, because where's his cousin? He doesn't, you know, he's got yeah. three people and one random guy, who, a fourth <laughs> random guy who show up. No family has mm-hmm. come to him. It doesn't seem that he has a yeah. redeemer. And that, that term is a really uh, weighty yeah. term, right, in the Bible, redemption. It's one of those Christian words that goes over our heads, yeah. you know, but when you dig into it, actually the word, the word is, the Hebrew word is ga'al, mm-hmm. um, which it's, it's, it's often kinsman redeemer is something you might hear people say, but I, I think probably the closest thing we might have in our culture would maybe be like next of kin. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a familial relational term that also bears with it some level of legal responsibility. Mm. Um, but it's obviously a much bigger term than, uh, than next of kin. Right. And mm-hmm. so there's a handful of responsibilities that, that boil down, uh, for, for the, the Gaal, for the, the kinsman yeah. redeemer. Right. And that primarily their role, um, is to get compensation for you. Or, or, well, well, that's, hmm. that's the second point I would make, but, uh, but the, like their, their more frequent, uh, role would be, um, would be actually to like redeem, like what we see in the book of Ruth, right. To redeem hmm. an inheritance or something that was yours that was lost or that you sold away, maybe foolishly hmm. or out of necessity of famine, you know, so that their job, if you sold your field, your inheritance, you know, so to say was to say, well, okay, well I have the money to buy it back for you. So I'll buy that back sure. for you. Yeah. And then the other big role that they might have, which hopefully doesn't happen too often, is actually to avenge you, hmm. right? To actually get back uh, what what's owed to you? Um, if it's if it's financially countable, it'd be 120 percent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if if I you know kill Ryan's donkey, then my <laughs> kinsman redeemer, my brother, my cousin, or whatever, their job is to go and get a donkey and a chicken uh, for uh, you know from you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, 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 I yeah. Can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, 120 percent. That feels good. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, maybe two chickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two chickens. If it's by weight. Two chickens. Yeah, two yeah, chickens. yeah. That makes sense because ten chickens equals one donkey. We all know yeah. that. It's yes. basic math. Right? Basic kindergarten yeah. math. Yes. But yeah. then in in uh, but in the circumstance where where you where you're murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 120% um, is, is, is to be avenged, right? In mm-hmm. a system where you don't have, you know, a, you know, you don't have an electric chair or whatever, you don't have mm-hmm. a system for capital punishment. Mm-hmm. That's the system is the kinsman regimer's job. If you've been wrongfully murdered, their job is to go get the guy who got you. Yeah. Their job is to avenge you, uh, you know, blood for blood there. So their main roles, right, are to buy back what you lost or sold and and then to avenge you if need be and it, and and so job is having this realization he says there's someone who can buy back what i've lost hmm. and there's someone who can pay for who can take care of who can avenge the wrong that's been done to me hmm. um who can take care of that death debt yeah. um and that's the beauty you know that it's how does he realize this how does yeah. he see that there was there was this incarnate deity that there was a son of god who would be fully god fully man that would be fully man as our kinsman redeemer mm-hmm. able able to be peers of ours able to buy back what we lost what we yeah. sold uh foolishly or or by bad circumstances and also the one whose job it was to to get the death for mm-hmm. the sin that we had done jesus is both the one who who uh claims the debt that we owe 
and the one who forgives it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. How, and Job, just in the wrestling, yeah. in the wrestling, it's he realizes before God even shows up and mm. says anything, somehow in the wrestling, he realizes, man, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, one of the phrases we use is, um, there are some hungers that are created by the book of Job that mm. only Jesus satiates. So mm. it's wow. like, there's, there are, there's a real gap in there I, I think if the book of Job without Jesus makes God look very heartless and very separate from everybody, mm-hmm. he's kind of going, look, I've got this thing sewn up. You have no idea. And that's true. And mm-hmm. that's right. But, but God is separate from our suffering, if not for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is that, 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 um, that gap in Job where we go, mm-hmm. no, he can empathize with mm-hmm. us because he was rejected. Yeah. He can empathize with us because he lost everything. Mm-hmm. He questioned God. Why are you mm-hmm. forsaking me? Like there are, there are some very real connections between Jesus and Job. And that was our trick, right? It's like this isn't just an interesting theological mm-hmm. exercise to go through the book of Job. But there is some real things that point us to mm. the Redeemer of Jesus. Mm. And he, he says in there, if only I had an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. If only I had somebody that could hear me and plead my case to God. And that is a beautiful mm. thing, you know. So. Yeah, and if it's wisdom literature, right? So it's mm. what what's the wisdom we can gain from it too? And it's, mm. man, I'm, it makes me so grateful that... Jesus says, says, I can't remember where, but that he intercedes for us, yes, you know? Yeah. And so when I'm going through suffering, whatever level, whatever it may be, it's, I have that person who is mm. standing in the gap. I have that person who is, who is interceding on my behalf that Job was maybe longing for or imagining in some crazy yeah. Holy Spirit, weird Old yes. Testament way, yes, right? Exactly. They're like how he got there. Yeah. Um, but that we get that in, in, and that's just so cool. And why mm. we can look at this story and say, man, it's different for us. Like it, there mm. is parts that we get that maybe Job had a glimpse of, or that God revealed to him in unique ways, but mm. we have Jesus in that and, and that we have now can look back and watch through scripture, Jesus suffer and say, mm. when we have even more evidence of why he cares and why mm. he gets suffering because he yeah. suffered way more than we ever will. Mm. And, and he did it beautifully and for us because yes. he loves us yeah. and still he is interceding on our behalf whatever mm. our suffering is yes you know yeah. there's that beautiful kind of prophetic christophany in there where he, when he says my i know mm-hmm. my redeemer lives you're like yeah who is this yeah. you know like <laughs> tell me more about yeah. what you know <laughs> and and we know i mean i think that's the that's the beauty of job you yeah. know um but it's an interesting book i mean we talked a lot about this that's it's kind of bookended by mm-hmm. um uh by these sort of um almost like a play. It's like the, the curtain opens and we meet this man, Job. And I, I said this in, in the last sermon that I gave on it, but we might ask a question and stumble over the question, why does God allow bad things to happen to mm-hmm. good people? God is clearly not afraid of that question mm-hmm. because Job is not just, why did bad things happen to good people? It's like he's the best person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the worst things happen to him, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, I was uh, even just right off the bat going, there's something in our cultural Christianity that we're afraid to talk about this or that we've handed over to maybe critics who would say, ha, gotcha. Mm. You know, God's not good because mm. bad things happen. Job is this beautiful book where God's going, no, I, I, I understand that. I, I clearly see that. Yeah. And I'm not shying away from mm. it. I'm not trying to give you this neat package, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's evidence in, in the sense that most of the book is poetry. And we yeah. talked about that. It's like... Yeah. 
there's this like there's these prose. It's bookended by prose and this sort of uh, Shakespearean like setup to Job's mm-hmm. life. But then we go into this this poetry that's really wrapping all these mm-hmm. questions that we would have ex- our experience with God, all the questions that we ask. And Job, Job just interjects itself into that. That book of Job just interjects itself into that question. And, and it is the oldest, for us, the oldest written book in the Bible, though I, you know, I'm not by any means saying it was the events happened <laughs> chronologically before Adam and Eve. But really, in terms of what we have in, uh, with uh, um, uh, old manuscripts, it's the oldest that we have. And so there's something to me that this, the oldest book in the Bible is interjecting itself into the hardest questions that we ask of God. And I think there's been generations of people going, well, that is evidence that's mm-hmm. there, that there's no God. Yeah. But, I, but I look at that and I go, no, that's evidence of a, of a really good God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you, you really can't get there without a deep dive into the book of Job. Like, I didn't like the book of Job. We read it, and <laughs> I listened to Christopher Ash sum it up. I was like, great, that sounds awesome. <laughs> then I read through it, and I'd read the book of Job, and probably just kind of like crossing it off on my Bible reading plan, mm-hmm. honestly. Diving back into it the last six months, it was like the first read through, I'm like, I don't like this book. Yeah. I just like, I don't, I don't like this, you know? Second time through, third time through, like the more I kind of ruminated on it, the more it became this thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I actually love this book. Yeah. I think it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's sad, I think, when church leaders shy away from yeah. diving into it. Mm-hmm. But it's not something you're going to get, you, you know, when you're it. ankle deep. You're going to have to work <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And I, I mean, that, that book, Christopher Ash's book, I think I would agree. It's probably one of the better books I've read on Job. I have hairs to split here or there, but how can mm-hmm. you not in the book? Again, yeah, just like the sure. end of Inception, Absolutely. you know, did it fall, <laughs> yeah. did it not fall? Yeah. We all feel very passionately, you yeah. know. My little, my, I'd say the biggest hair I had to split with him is he dives really good in into the me, into the mystery. He leaves space for that, talks about that. I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. And then I feel like he falls a little bit into the trap of 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 blaming a little bit too much on Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's actually to you, to the point you just made of like God's not afraid of this question. Yeah, it's clear He's not afraid of this question because the Book of Job presents the most problematic scenario mm-hmm. for you know in 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 theodicy and in, in how is God good mm-hmm. when He's mm-hmm. all powerful and right. and and He could do anything about this and mm-hmm. yet He doesn't. There's evil yeah. in the world because it, it literally just we watch God giving permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Satan to do bad, horrible things, and then, and then the author toys with the language. And mm-hmm. at one point, what does he say? He says, "You incited me against Job," or something along yes. those lines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, like we we would like to take the easy out and say, "Well, God's got a degree of separation here. Mm-hmm. Satan did this," but actually, God is the one who says, "No, I did this." Mm-hmm. Yes, um, he's taking responsibility. He he, he yeah. makes his. The fact that he's complicit, I suppose. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right word, but mm-hmm. it might be here. Yeah. You know, he makes the fact that he's something like complicit in Job's suffering very clear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and we just skip over that and say, no, see, it was Satan. But the book of Job is is highlighting, is magnifying. Yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. that simple. Well, he's like, yeah. have you considered my servant Job? I'm yes. like, oh, yeah. I really hate that line. <laughs> I get that. like, yeah. we should cross that one out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm Job, I'm like, don't bring me into this God. I know. Like, why yeah, did yeah. you do like, that? Yeah, you out know? of all people. Yeah. Yeah, like but, when how, you're... but how do you traverse that? Like, how do you traverse Gosh. that? Hard question. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking on the phone last week about it, I was, I mentioned that after we got off the phone, I was like, that was a bold thing to say. I don't know if I fully agree with that, but I was like, I'm really comfortable in the mystery of Job. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've grown in that. And that's not something that I'm 
Mm. don't have a million questions still on and don't have things that even just kind of rereading and kind of prepping for today of like, Mm. there is so much that is confusing about this Mm. and doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah, I was listening to um, John Walton, who is a Old Testament um, professor, and he does a lot of great work on Job that has been really helpful for me. And he kind of thinks that it's not Satan and that it's like a angel that is called a challenger and some just mm. interesting things that interesting. he's just got to, I don't know that I agree with him, but it's a fascinating point to kind of just listen to his yes. side on that. And he's like, you know, it was heavenly kind of office, not even a courtroom. Like, Hey, mm. what are you working on at work today? Like a little five minute stand yes. up that God yeah. was like, where were you? You know? Mm-hmm. But then you get to this question of, have you considered my servant Job? And as much as I think, the main question people ask in Job is why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. It seems like the real question that's being asked is why do why do good things happen to good people? Mm. Like that seems like what the mm. challenger is asking in that moment or yes. the Satan or Satan or whoever we want to call it. That's good. Of man, why why do like why mm. do good things happen to good people? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so trying to to not when I have conversations on Job or just in my own wrestling of it, to not shy away from that of like God really did say that. And Mm. I don't get that. And that is bothering to me and perplexing. (laughs) And Mm. if I wasn't going to be, you know, so in awe the moment I get to heaven, I would want to ask him about that. Yes. But really reading that in the context too of Mm. there's just so much nuance here in this that I I don't know. And, And in some ways, not to wrap a Christian bow around it, but that is one of my main takeaways of Job is, man, it is not. God is not an equation and suffering mm-hmm. does not work in an equation as yeah. much as, you know, the retribution principle and all that. I mm-hmm. mean, as much as I want it to be, you did a good thing for Alec and he gives you a high yes. five and says, yep. go home five minutes earlier, whatever. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have authority to do that, yes. but you know, yeah. it's those types of things that we want it to be this back and mm-hmm. forth and yeah. that how friendships work and relationships work and how us and God work. Yes. And it doesn't. And we see that so clearly of Job lived this righteous life. Right. Mm. And it gets to, have you considered my servant Job? Yes. Yeah. And it makes no sense. And then, and really just being like, okay, God, you operate on wisdom. You don't operate on justice. Mm. You are, ju- you are justice, yes. mm. but you operate on wisdom first and foremost. Yes. And yeah. my justice, my understanding of justice is not your justice. Mm. And so some of this conversation here that I don't know what you're trying to teach me here. And I don't know mm. what the wisdom I can pull from this is just reminding me in those moments of especially in suffering when, when it makes no sense. And we, we feel the urge to be like, I've done nothing wrong. Right. Like, Mm. how can that, how can that be? Or I've done everything right. How can this not be? I I love Elizabeth Elliot. She Mm. describes suffering of it's this idea of you, you have what you don't want or you don't have what you want. Mm. And so it's the both and right. It's not just, man, I got cancer and now Mm. I'm suffering. It's what if you really long for something and you don't have it. And so in those moments, in both of those sides of suffering is God does not operate in an equation like I want him to. And that makes me feel mm. uncomfortable. Yes. He operates in wisdom. And so yeah. I don't know why he says, will you <laughs> yeah. consider my servant Job yeah. is really kind of how I, well, and I think know. it's that we, we've talked about this a little bit. It's like the half theology thing. So yeah, um, that was so good. So the friends, you know, when they show up to Job, they have this really neat packaged mm. theology of God is good. And if you do good things, he rewards right. you and bad things happen to you, Job. So that yeah. means you must've done something bad. And they have no space Mm. for any sort of question about God. They have no space for mystery Mm. about God. Um, They don't really discuss, they don't discuss the enemy. They have no space for like a spiritual Mm. enemy. 
they have no space for free will of man causing mm -hmm. this. And there is there are so many things that Job does not allow himself to get sucked into these sort of easy answers to the questions. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I know theologically mm -hmm. you're airtight, yeah. but that doesn't make any sense. And I think that that it, it's it's so much of, of what we go through in our relationship with God. It's very much this, I'm trying to boil this down into, if I give you this, God, then you're going to give me that back, yeah. right? If yeah. I put in enough hours of mm -hmm. prayer, then you're going to do this for me, you mm -hmm. know? And Job is blowing that whole thing up. Yeah. And I, I, the only way I could figure out how to summarize, even when, when God shows up and says, did you do this? And do you understand that? For me, I use the example of like my kids, you know, especially little kids. I always get asked, daddy, why are you going to work? You know, because <laughs> they just don't have any yeah. spot for that in their thought process. <laughs> They're just like, I don't, I don't understand. You love me and you care about me and let, yet you leave me <laughs> most of the day. Why do yeah. you do that? You yeah. know? And you try to explain it to them, but you realize, like, I just, I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're just going to have to trust me. I mm -hmm. need to go to work to make money, and I also gain something from it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that a little bit with mm -hmm. God. He's going, look, I could go point by point and answer yeah. some of these questions, but it still really wouldn't make sense to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I see this whole thing playing out from beginning to end, and you've got to trust me. There is some purpose in this. Mm -hmm. And that was Job. That was the big question at the mm -hmm. end of the series. I'm like, why did Job have to go through this? Mm -hmm. That's the question we always ask, you know. And But clearly, like, we're talking about it. There's something that Job had no idea how many generations would be impacted by the story. Mm -hmm. yeah. No clue. There's no way he could possibly know that. He didn't understand and he didn't know this spiritual realm was watch, watching what he did too. Mm. And there's all these things in play and you just get the sense of from God of going, look, it would take me a mm. thousand years to explain to you all the reasons why mm. this needs to happen. But just trust mm. me, this is what needs to mm. happen. You know? And I love that like, because I think the, the place some people go with these exact train of thought, which is where neither of you are going with it at all. And certainly I don't think we're the author of the book of Job, who clearly was a genius, whoever that individual Seriously. was. <clears throat> nor where Job is going, nor I think where God is going in the pages. N nobody here is going to the place that uh, Christians sometimes go of like, well, we don't know, but that's okay. We'll mm -hmm. just close our eyes and be yeah. content yeah. with no. Because yeah. God, because this book is inviting us Deeper. Yeah. It's inviting us to wrestle. It's yeah. inviting wrestling. us. Job yeah. is Job is commended mm -hmm. for his wrestling, mm. for his questioning, for his curiosity. Mm -hmm. yeah. God's answers at or responses, not answers, but his responses at the end. You know, they're they're doing they're at simultaneously when God's saying, "Where were you when this happened? Mm -hmm. Where were you when this? You know, do you mm. know how this happened? Do you know how I did this?" Yeah. They seem to simultaneously be shutting Job down, but mm. drawing him deeper yes. and, yes. and spurring on his curiosity. Mm. Yeah. You know, where where are the storehouses of heaven? How <laughs> yeah. did you lay the foundations? Of, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't yeah. know those things. Yes. But man, I I got some years left in life. I yeah. think I'd like mm. to to pursue those mm -hmm. questions a little yeah. bit. And I think it's Proverbs that says uh, some of the effect of you know it's. It's the the glory of God to conceal a matter. It could be Ecclesiastes, I don't remember. Mm. The glory of God to conceal a matter, the glory of kings to seek it out. Mm. You know, God like God invites mm. us to to pursue the answers yeah. Yeah, go to around. these questions. Mm. But then yeah. the mystery component is to say, 
I'm not going to create a clean taxonomy mm. that is oversimplified, mm. that's reductionistic, that's yeah. you know minimal, and that I can wrap my mind around. I'm going to admit the the vastness mm. of God's creation, and even more so of God, and just say, well, I understand this component. Mm. You know, Job's friends said, I seem to understand that God is a God of justice, mm. and that God rewards righteousness and punishes wickedness. And yet I know that God's bigger than that. Had mm-hmm. they just said that, they probably right. would have been in the right. Right. Yes. You know, because yeah. they were not wrong except hmm. for the fact that they were reductionistic. Yeah. They were yeah. over- and, I, and they were I, leaving things out. And that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Like you get to the end of Job and clearly God's like, I don't sign off on what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet we could quote them and everyone here would probably be like, yeah, yeah that's exactly. Oh, I probably said those things to friends and hurting or had, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh gosh. Like, yeah. But it's, to your point, it's we, as much as I want to just say, oh, Job, it's confusing and mm. whatever, it's fine. That's also so impractical, impractical when we're suffering, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I can't do that if I'm in the midst of suffering. If either mm-hmm. of you are, I don't, you know, it's like if a friend is, you can't do that either. And so yeah. mm-hmm. there's not an option for me to, to just say, oh, Job, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out later. Like yeah. I can't yeah. for my own suffering, for the world suffering, for friend suffering. There is, mm-hmm. there's a part of that, that. I have to, and I want to know more, yeah. mm-hmm. but there is so much what you're saying about the friends of, I mean, if they would have had an ounce of humility and an <laughs> yeah. ounce of like, I mean, I feel like the longer I walk with Jesus, the less I know sometimes of like, yes. wow, yeah. I'm so confused and mm-hmm. you are so much bigger. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I ever thought you were yeah. somewhat figure outable, you yes. know, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. just that, that posture of what we probably all would have wanted the friends to say or friends mm-hmm. to us, mm-hmm. you know, of, Hey, yeah this is my best guess at it, mm-hmm. or this is my best prayer. Yeah. I also like, I'm not God. And so yeah. I don't know. And, yeah. and that may be the, the posture toward Job, mm-hmm. the book and the posture toward suffering. Is that the practical outpouring in terms of for you, what you see as like spiritual formation? Mm-hmm. How, what do we learn from the book of Job? You know? Yeah, that's a good question. I think definitely that posture of we're not going to grasp Job. I, mm-hmm. I don't think we, I certainly am not smart enough to grasp Job. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's a lot of people or certain people out there who have a better grasp on it, but mm-hmm. just that humility piece of, man, there is a mystery and suffering that we, mm-hmm. we just don't get. Yeah. And God does not work in an equation that I can figure out. And yes. so some yeah. of that is kind of the baseline for the practical nature of it, you know, of mm-hmm. man, we are not, we're not lamenting so that God gives us something back. Yes. That's not how this works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are not worshiping. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You give and take away so that God would be like, Oh great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Here's all the children back that you lost. And yes, here's all exactly. the this, like yeah. it is not an equation that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there, there are some nuggets to pull from mm-hmm. of particularly the lament piece and the worship yeah. piece, but, but yeah. really that like, what are we doing just day in and day out that forms us and that, you know, that John Ortberg language of training, not trying. And so mm. how are we training in our faith? Mm. Not trying. Because yeah. trying's not gonna get us anywhere. And yeah. if I train in this and have a framework for it, man, that's that's gonna get me Lord willing to when when suffering comes, whether it's small or big or mm. in my life or friends, that I'm gonna be able to pull on that muscle memory. Yeah. Imperfect and messy. <laughs> yeah. But there at least it like exists there. What I love what you said about, you know, Job not just being why do bad things happen to good people, but why do good things happen mm-hmm. to good people, you know? Um, and I think that that is more of the practicality, even before trauma mm. or 
or something happens, it's like Job is speaking against that too. Like, yeah. the, like if you don't have a theology for undeserved suffering, you're going to have a really hard time for undeserved blessing. That's a like, great point. So Job is that mm. undeserved blessing. And we like to say, mm. oh, because he was so good, he had all these things. Mm. And God is just removing that immediately, going, no, 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 that's not, that's mm. not. We also don't here. know. We don't right? know, like, yeah. It's interesting that Job 1 doesn't start at the beginning of Job's life. Like yeah. we, we don't get to track with his story of, wow, he actually did live a perfect life and yeah. he did sacrifice. Yeah. Like we, we don't know. But yeah. I think the temptation is you see the end and you go, right. oh, the restoration means yep. he yeah. earns some blessing yeah. back. Yeah. But again, it's like this, if, if he didn't deserve the suffering, he didn't deserve mm. the blessing either. Yeah. And I think for us, it, it, it is that, um, I think it really is a warning against legalism in the sense uh, that we really like to say, if you give God this, mm-hmm. then he gives you that mm-hmm. all the time. So much And I hear that, that language. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I've become more sensitive to that lately. Like people going, well, if you just fast mm. enough and if you just pray enough yeah. and have you read this book? And yeah. it just feels very much like if you just keep checking mm-hmm. these boxes... Mm-hmm then God's going to wake up and go, oh, you know what? You got my attention now. Yeah. I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. And that is not that is not our relationship yeah. with God. It's yeah. very much this give and take, this hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lament that, that Job has is the celebration that we have. He doesn't know how to approach God because yeah. he yeah. has no way to. There's, again, it's that Jesus, that gap for Jesus in there. But we can approach God. Mm-hmm. How bold is that? How mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. is that? And so I think for us... You would think that maybe that solves the wrestling, but it doesn't. You yeah. know, the Holy Spirit for me, and I don't know for you guys, I'm like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. I often hear crickets when it comes yeah. to that, you know. Yeah. And then later on, I go, oh, I guess that makes mm-hmm. sense, yeah. you know. But it's that relationship, that give and take. You when know? I love, and you just you just touched on it a little bit in your last message, wrapping up the series. Um, but but on on that note, like with you know the blessing that he gets afterwards, like yeah. it, it, again, it's like so much of the Book of Job. If you just read it quickly. And at a glance, you don't pay attention mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, a, a big, you know, uh, pet peeve of mine too is if you read it one chapter at a time over the course of two months, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're just reading it in a shallow way, you get to the end and you think, great, everything's like tidy, nice, mm-hmm. neat little bow on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all you have to do is think for five seconds mm-hmm. and say, well, who has lost a child and then found themselves yeah. pregnant in the future and thought, great. Everything's, yeah. Best. everything's, yeah, yeah got to do it. Point. You don't even yeah. do that with a puppy. You yeah. know what I mean? You replace yeah. the puppy, but you don't <laughs> yeah. say we replaced the puppy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. like yeah. It's, kids, it's, it's a replacement. It's a yes. tragedy. And I don't yeah. remember what the verse is, maybe you, but you, you, yeah. it, it stuck yeah. out to me. You, you highlighted it of like, oh, and then he was what, continuing in the, uh, yeah, the at the end, his family like, comes hmm. to him. It says he was restored. He had more kids yep. and his, his business was restored. And it said his family came and they comforted him. Yeah. And I thought this this proves right mm-hmm. here yeah. that this is not uh, the, the end of Job is not a replacement of yeah. what he lost I because that was I'm so good. I'm a father. If yeah. if my if I lost my kids and then I get three more kids, it's not like, oh, this this <laughs> replaces Toby. Great. You know, like no, like it you like will never feel stop. sick to yeah. even joke about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you go, no, there's no replacing hmm. children. Yeah. Maybe replacing your business, but I feel like the the kids kids piece Mm -hmm. is that one that you're like, that can't be replaced Mm -hmm. no matter what. So the restoration of Job is not a replacement. It's something different. And you feel this depth to him. Like he's still lamenting. Mm -hmm. Like God shows up and it's wonderful and powerful and the storm is there Mm -hmm. and it gets his attention and he goes, I understand a little bit more now. And that was one thing for me. I thought a lot of our questions, as soon as the presence of God shows up, we go, Okay, I have fewer questions mm. right now because I'm starting to see how powerful you are. Yeah, and Job has that. 
But by no means does that remove the pain of what he lost. Yeah. And up until the very end of Job, he's mm. like, he's lamenting still. Yeah. You know? And you imagine, you just know the reality of being a human, right? Like, mm. that was the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. He had, what, seven yeah. kids and he lost them? Like, yeah. he didn't get over that. You no. know what right. I mean? Like, he, now he may have found a peace in it. Sure. He may have moved mm. forward. He, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't in a there. hole the yes. rest of his life. Yeah. But I'm sure on his deathbed, he was thinking, finally, I get mm. to go see my kids again. Mm. You know, I'm sure it still yes. stung up until that moment. And yeah. and, and it's, it's that thought of like, yeah, somehow like, you know, you can't, you can't pay for tragedy. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't really make it right. And I actually, I think one of the key um, passages of scripture, actually, this is one of the things we didn't get into at all in yeah. this, that actually begins to illuminate um, that actually begins to give us some of the answers that Job intentionally withholds from us mm. uh, is the story of Lazarus. Uh, mm. Actually, Luke Parker, uh, who used to be a pastor here, yeah. uh, was a guy who uh, I went when I, years ago when I taught through the book of Job. Um, I went and had dinner with him uh, one night, and he was sharing this, and he's the one who brought this to my attention. But mm. the story of uh, of Lazarus, and particularly uh, Jesus's interactions with Martha uh, the morning before the resurrection, I think uh, mm. illuminates a lot, right? Because we look at the story of Job, and we look at what we just talked about, like, can you replace the kids? No, you can't. Mm. Can you, like, oh, I had a horrible event happened, but then I went to Disneyland. Yes. Like yeah. it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. weigh them out like that. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that's because you and I have only experienced healing, mm-hmm. but we haven't experienced resurrection, right? So mm. in the, in the story of Lazarus, right? La- Jesus is hanging out. He's there with everybody. Lazarus is mm. sick. He leaves town mm. to go elsewhere. And while he's gone, Lazarus dies. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes back into town and we, we see just get a, we get a glimpse of this really emotionally fraught mm-hmm. interaction between Martha and Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Where they're, where he sees her before they go to the tomb or whatever. And they're having a conversation. He has a similar interaction with Mary as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she says, she says this, this to Jesus. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my mm-hmm. brother would not have died. Mm-hmm. And you can feel in mm. that, like if you just put yourself mm. emotionally, imagine that that room, you know that she's got to be saying like three or four things in that one sentence, right? She's saying yeah. on one hand, like uh, it's, a, it's a profession of faith in, in mm-hmm. his goodness and his power, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. you had been here, I know he would be alive. Yep. But also it's grief. Yeah. If you had been here, but he's dead mm-hmm. you know like that that and you the swirling yeah. that we do after yeah, yeah. and then the, that's the third mm-hmm. one right is mm-hmm. it's an accusation yeah. perhaps if mm-hmm. you had been here mm-hmm. he would be alive right and that's all the things we do in grief right the swirling yeah. and the accusing and all the, you know and so she's wrestling with how mm-hmm. are you good and so then what and then what does he do he gives her what to her, I'm assuming, I could be wrong, I'm making assumptions of her emotional state, but I, mm-hmm. yeah. I know human beings and my own heart, and I think it's a safe assumption. He gives her what probably felt like that cheap mm-hmm. little Christian answer. Well, you know that he will rise again. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, 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 in the last days, sure, I know. I mean, he's basically saying mm-hmm. what you hear at a funeral. Mm-hmm. Well, it's okay, your wife's in heaven now. And yes, she's and happy. you'll see him again. And you're <laughs> yes. thinking, screw you, yeah. <laughs> she's dead, yeah. I'm I, I just gonna, I would like to join her. Like I feel miserable. You know, Mm. I, I get it. I believe that there's heaven, but that means nothing to me. It's so far away. But then what happens? Then they go to the tomb. Jesus calls him out, you know, and, and you imagine there's some dancing and some parting. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm. and now how does Martha feel hours later? 
hours later, right. all the grief, all the hurt, all the frustration, all the accusation, it's not disappeared. It's not gone. And yet mm-hmm. somehow all those are fuel mm. to realize that Jesus is so much better, so much stronger, mm. so much more than he was before, that somehow her brother's pain and death and that tragedy has actually, it's not brought Jesus back to zero again. It's not mm. leveled him out. Mm. Yeah. It's brought him way above where mm. she realized he was before. Yes. And you and I are in a microcosm of that now when we encounter suffering, mm. when we see the unspeakable things, yeah. the evil that you've gone yeah. through, that you've encountered, that is you just, you, you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We don't even say those words, you know, the real evils in the world, not mm-hmm. the hypotheticals, the ones that you actually felt, experienced, yeah. witnessed. When you encounter those, we think at best, we, we would console ourselves and say, well, maybe the Lord will use that hmm. tragedy, that grief, that horrible evil that was done to you so hmm. that you can help other people recover. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, but I still have this massive scar over yeah. my chest and it's not really better. Yeah. And yeah. I don't wish that that had happened. And I'm so grateful that the Lord has redeemed it in some way hmm. to make it useful. Mm-hmm. But it should not have happened. Mm-hmm. That doesn't yeah. make it better. That makes it better, but it doesn't make it where it should be. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's just healing. And healing yeah. is, and it may be even yeah. miraculous healing. Right. Yeah. But I think that there's a difference. But see, Lazarus wasn't healed. Mm-hmm. He was resurrected. Yeah. Yeah. Right? His mm-hmm. life didn't come back. He didn't come back with a limp like so mm-hmm. many other people who might have experienced some healing. Yeah. He yeah. came back to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I, I'm the, in the best of it, have only likely witnessed the the healing that God offers, which mm. is beautiful and wonderful mm. and powerful, yeah. Yeah. but doesn't quite get us mm. there, does it? You know, we're yeah. still like negative one or two with even with the best healing. Right. Yeah. But but uh, I think it's that practicality too of like what we, we, you were saying, where um, one of the chapters I love in this book is what not to say to a suffering mm. believer. Yeah. yeah. And. Everyone I think pra- should read that. Yes, I think practically. <laughs> it's like required reading. Yes, practically, you step out of Job and you go, "Well, hmm. his comforters clearly yeah. were not comforting," you know, and they came with their nice, tight theological answers. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think what we're invited into as believers when somebody is suffering next to us is mm-hmm. to cry with those who are crying. Yeah. yeah. And I, some of the best pastoral advice I'd ever gotten was a pastor a, a long time ago. When I first started working at a church, he said, don't try to give somebody mm. cheap answers when they're going through suffering. Mm-hmm. He said, just be with them. Mm. Yeah. And he told a story of somebody in the congregation whose son died really tragically. And he said, and I just sat with him and I cried. Mm. And I didn't try to go you know, the Lord's going to use this for good later. And yeah. those are the kind of things they do come eventually in our processing. But as, as Christians, when, when somebody is standing next to us and they're suffering, we have to resist the urge to give them all the platitudes and easy answers because mm-hmm. God never does that. Mm-hmm. He just never does that. And we have to learn how to have that empathy and connection with people. That, I think, is something really practical out of the book of Job, Mm -hmm. that when we're going through it, don't say to a suffering believer, like, hey, one day you'll see him in heaven. They don't want to hear that right now. Maybe at some point they'll be able to receive that, because it is true and it is Mm -hmm. comforting in its right time. Sure. Mm -hmm. But it is not the time for it right Mm -hmm. now. Right now is the time. And I think the best thing that Job's friends ever did for him is they sat in silence with him for two days. I was like... Good start there. Like you guys started really strong (laughs) 
And yeah. then you opened your mouth and it got real yeah. wonky there. And all the more reason for us to lock that truth into our heart mm-hmm. so that in that moment, it's at least on the back burner of our heart when we're grieving and we know that the resurrection is coming. And sure. there is more, when we say resurrection, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not just Jesus's resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's the first yeah. fruits. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. just the first. Like we're yeah. waiting for resurrection of everyone, you yeah. know, and yeah. we're waiting for something bigger than the healing we've ever experienced. And so to lock that truth into our hearts mm. and to say, for all the healing I've seen God mm. do, yeah, I know that I've only tasted and there's more, there's resurrection that even is like, is going to mm. make all of the mm. suffering, like it's going to, it's going to reverse it and mm-hmm. multiply it and yeah. make him so much good or, mm. so much better. But mm. Like I need to, we need to do be diligent as disciples to lock that into our hearts so that yeah. it's there when we're Muscle grieving. Memory, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Like mm. we were because because yep. then it's just not we're not gonna it's gonna be water off a duck's back yeah. in the moment of suffering if yeah. someone tries to share that truth with us. Yes, yeah. I'd love to hear because um, we've talked about it, we've you've alluded to it a little bit, but you have some really practical. Um, thoughts and experiences, and, and I think um, I, I'm, I'm just—it's new for me. But on yeah. lament, I'd love to hear, you know, kind of the practical mm-hmm. and kind of the thoughts and kind of you know um, what you have on lament because I'm sure uh, I think we're kind of there. At, yeah, at, I mean, it fits right into what we're talking about. Yeah. I just I heard someone say the phrase of what we can kind of pull from Job and how how to use that when we're talking to someone is empathetic and eschatological, mm-hmm. and that is kind of the framework. Doesn't mean we say either of like doesn't mean we give our thoughts about heaven and you know the hope of the future. That may just be kept quiet in our minds, um, but maybe there's a place for that too. Um, and I think that's what lament does so beautifully, and and that's that's what Job does really beautifully. Is he has his eyes toward heaven really clearly, but he's also really aware of his situation, and he's not he's not shying away from it. He's not being you know oh it'll be fine. Um, and lament too is is really honest about where we're at, and it's not rushing toward what I think one of the dangers of Job is is when we look at the last chapter of, oh, everything was restored. And mm-hmm. that, that to me is such a temptation in my own life and in friends' lives of when suffering goes bad, whether it's suffering of something you have that you don't want or suffering that you don't have what you want, that God is ultimately going to give it, right? Like you get divorced, you're going to get remarried or mm-hmm. like you get cancer, God's going to heal it. Or you, you don't have something that you want, pray enough. Like that's mm-hmm. not the message of Job. Yeah. It's part of it. And so what lament what I feel like it does is it just gives us something to hold and it gives something to grab in a season when suffering is so chaotic and it feels like the world is turned upside down. And so, um, how I've been taught and how I love about lament is that there's five structures of it. Um, and so when I teach on it, I, um, particularly for college students who maybe have never heard of it or, um, in anti-trafficking work that I've done that I know Mm -hmm. we've talked about, um, in a, in a topic that is really hard and and confusing and messy for people to wrap their minds around of, there's five kind of structures that we can pull from lament Psalms particularly. And also, mm-hmm. you know, we know lament is all over scripture. Um, mm-hmm. But when we look at the Psalms, there's five, five pieces of it. And so um, I kind of walk them through those five pieces and usually we'll have, I usually work off Psalm 13 because it's a pretty clean example of that. Um, and it's, it works similar to the Lord's prayer of we don't have to follow that exact structure every time we pray it, but it's a great model yeah, and it's a great yeah. starting place when we're kind of learning about it. And so mm. it starts with an opening address. Um, that's point one. And, and what I love about that is it's not me talking to you about what's bothering me about God. Yeah. It's me going straight to God, right? Mm. It's father, God, it's, are you there? Like you're yes. going directly to him. And so yeah. mm. it's, it's like, who are you writing the letter to? Mm-hmm. And so as much as I want to blow past 
oh, opening a dress, sure, we're saying dear God, actually really matters in suffering because there's so much I want to say about God that maybe I don't feel comfortable telling him or I'm bugged by him. And so I'm going to gossip, right? I'm going to just but in a gentler way because we're suffering, you (laughs) know, I'm going to talk to you about it instead of going to God. Mm. And so some of the other pieces is there's a petition. And so what, what, what do you need? There's a complaint of what's wrong here. Like really specifically say, this is what's wrong. You know, Job Mm. is you took my family, you took my health, spell it out what's there. Mm. Um, And then you're declaring your trust. So the last two points I think are what make lament uniquely Christian Mm. because there's a lot of faiths and there's a lot of religions and there's a lot of frameworks and worldviews out there that say, yeah, be honest, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think that's some of the good movement of the self-care movement and kind of Mm -hmm. everything that's happened culturally in the last couple of years is be honest about your story. Mm -hmm. And that's huge and that's good and I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes lament uniquely Christian is... kind of similar to Job as the book ends is it starts opening a dress. And in the last two sections, four is you're declaring your trust. You're saying, Mm. God, even, even though, Mm. even though all these things, I trust you or I trust you a little bit, (laughs) help Mm -hmm. me to trust you more. And then point number five is a vow of praise. Mm. And that is unique to, I mean, it like makes me teary. That is, that's Mm. only can come through the Holy spirit in us in practice. Mm. And it's messy. And maybe you, you get to points one, two, and three, and you're like, I can't, I can't get to the vow of praise today. Yeah. Okay, good. You're honest about it, yeah. but yeah. come back. And so mm. really just giving people that framework. And, and I give them usually a card front awesome. and back that has those five points and then mm. Psalm 13 on the other side and say, um, and when I teach a workshop on it, I just say, okay, we're going to take the next 20 minutes. And like, if you don't have anything suffering, pull up the news app. I guarantee you can yes. find something yeah. or yeah. like text five of your friends and be like, yes. what's going on? And yeah. also if you don't know, Maybe we can add that element to your community is like sharing, yeah. sharing what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that has been personally lament for me, but also on behalf of my friends mm. of the times when I don't yeah. know what to say, yeah. not lamenting in front of them. But mm. if I'm saying, hey, I'll pray for you about what's going on, mm. maybe write a lament, right? Mm-hmm. When I don't know, yeah. it's actually me, me going, it feels like I'm going to war on behalf of you to yes. God, which feels yeah. so helpful in a situation where you feel helpless. Yeah. And so I just... I That's love lament, awesome. and it just mm. seems so practical mm. when suffering is so impractical. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said, uh, empathy and eschatology. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that this is probably something I didn't get a chance to touch on that I wish I could. Um, there's a reason in pretty much every epistle, there's maybe a couple that it's not the case. Paul and Peter, I mean, they're all talking about that day when Jesus comes back. Mm. They all are un, un, like unpacking that. Uh, Thessalonians is one of those where it's like he was probably at the Thessaloni, like in Thessalonica for like three weeks, yeah. maybe four at the absolute most. Mm-hmm. And he planted a church. And in the book of Thessalon- Thessalonians, when he's talking about the Antichrist, he goes, remember, we talked a lot about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, in three weeks mm-hmm. of discipleship, you <laughs> yeah. need eschatology, you know? <laughs> and Yeah. But there's, there's something about that, that it is the mm-hmm. hope that we have. Though sometimes I feel like if it's communicated at the wrong time in the wrong way, it comes out cheap. But if it comes out at the appropriate time, and it's the thing that, honestly, before we go into suffering, this is the building that foundation of muscle memory. 
we do know that there is a day when everything gets righted. Mm-hmm. You know, all the wrongs are righted. Uh, when everything sad becomes untrue, yeah. mm-hmm. that David always uh, quotes. And for whatever reason, it's better having once been broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the trust that we have in that eschato- eschatological mm-hmm. Back- mm-hmm. backdrop of, yes, one day it will be set right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be a cheap answer if it's given in a cheap way, yeah. but it can't be thrown out. Like it's, it's one of those things that it's like we tend to throw that out because it's so mysterious, but we need to engage in that. Mm-hmm. And Job is creating that, that space where, again... What are we hungry for? We're hungry for all of this to be set right. Yeah. As yeah. much as we can wrestle with this and we know that God is working something, you know, all the bad things mm-hmm. for good, we are, we are built for this hope that mm-hmm. one day it will all be set right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it will be. And we have to, as believers, remind each other of that all the yeah. time. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and I, I think it's, it's so vital that, I mean, I, I, I do, I agree. I love that mix. And it's, it's so important that we work on it. And again, it's back on a half theology is bad theology mm-hmm. point, which, which actually was one of the other main things that we kind of looked at as a mm-hmm. filter in the series was like, well, what's, you know, if we want people to gain that muscle memory, yeah. the other thing we want to do is we want to equip people to deal with half theologies mm-hmm. that they are probably holding. Um, totally. because yeah. even again, all the way back to that conversation we were having on, on deconstruction, right? Like yeah. what's the made the big danger that tends to happen in deconstruction is as people deconstruct, they find a half theology that seems to to them to be inextricably linked to to what actually happens to be truth. Mm-hmm. And so since they don't know how to pull them mm-hmm. apart, yeah. they just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, so they they feel you know, for example, I think an easy one to poke at would be like prosperity gospel, right? Sure. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. which people who are subscribed to prosperity gospel, I believe, can have a real and thriving relationship with the Lord and can sure. know yeah. the Lord and can can share the gospel. And I'm not saying that it is inherently and completely corrupt or anything like that. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that if you disagree with me on prosperity gospel, you don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yet, I think it's a half theology, right? This yeah. this this assertion that God always wants the good thing for every moment, mm-hmm. every minute. And, mm. and, and so if the good thing isn't happening, if you're not getting the raise, if you're not getting the blessing, mm. if, if grandma didn't get healed of mm. cancer, yeah. then the fault lies with you or then something is in the way of what God's wanting to do mm-hmm. in that moment. And, that, yeah. and, it, and it actually doesn't hold a very uh, full understanding of eschatology, of, mm. of the resurrection mm-hmm. of God making yeah. a new heaven and a new earth and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't hold room for suffering that actually mm-hmm. God yeah. says, yeah, suffering can happen in this moment. Mm-hmm. And yes, there will be a resurrection later, but yeah. also there will be suffering for eternity too for some. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold those things very, very well. And so the problem is, is if you're deconstructing and you say, well, I was told that you know, that God always wants the good thing all the time right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that if there's something wrong, then it's me or something's in the way. Yeah. And yet here I am like Job going through pain, going through suffering. I, I'm pretty confident that I can't trace it to something I've done mm-hmm. wrong or, or this isn't deserved. So this must be a lie. The whole thing's a lie, you know, let mm-hmm. me just throw the, so there must be no God then there, you know, or, or if there is a God, I need to remake him in my image mm-hmm. um, because clearly my understanding of him is wrong. And it's like, well, if you could only just say mm-hmm. my, I've had a half theology, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've, God is good. God does mm-hmm. want good things. God does, you know, want righteousness and, and, and thriving. 
And yet there, there really is, there's, there's a bigger, there's a mystery, there's a suffering. And, you know, I think that that's so important. We tried to hit that a little bit and I hit that a bit Mm -hmm. in my message, Mm -hmm. which we called half theology is bad theology. And I think for anybody who wants to go deeper in it, I mentioned, mentioned the book in, in my message, but uh, Nancy Piercy, who is an author that I've come to just Mm -hmm. think very highly of, Mm -hmm. she has a book called Finding Truth that dives very deep into that very question of how do we figure out, and particularly she's looking from an outside the church perspective of, of ideologies uh, that are that are wrong and unhelpful but I think it very much applies to half theologies within the church to you know heresy is a word we've thrown around and, and not to be like get out of here burn you at the stake but sure. but just the literal <laughs> definition of a thing that is is wrong yeah. and can lead to you walking away from the Lord mm-hmm. but she talks about you know reductionism and says mm-hmm. any any worldview that's reductionistic any which is to say any worldview um, that is built on just one or two components of of creation or theology or whatever. Um, ultimately, it's not a big enough foundation to build the whole house. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so something's going to stick outside of the box yeah. and then you're going to have to lop it off or ignore it yeah. um, or try to shove it in. Mm-hmm. That's what Job's friends do. That's what all of the all of the destructive ideologies mm-hmm. that we see in the world do. The ones that get the most traction tend to be a little bit more complex yeah. and a little bit more useful. Mm-hmm. But somewhere, you know, if they're reductionist, if they're, if they're not built on God, because she would say that's that's the only foundation that works is mm-hmm. build your worldview on an eternal God who's mm-hmm. transcendent because that is a foundation that upon which you can continue to build. Yeah. So when you find something that sticks outside of the box, well, no big deal. I built my my box on God, and I realized I just need to build another chamber to my box, and I got <laughs> the foundation for it already because yeah. God is mm-hmm. transcendent and He's big enough. Yeah. Yeah, we have to resist that. Um, temptation to build our own foundation. Mm. And I think that's what, like, Mm. even what you're saying, there's a legalism. We're always tempted by legalism Mm. somewhere. And I think we think it's only maybe on the reformed side, but I think there's a charismatic sort of version of that too. Um, I think wherever we're trying to say, like, reduce down God into just one or two things, Mm -hmm. then we've got a problem. And I think... We, we have that tendency, all of us. We're trying to build a foundation, especially mm-hmm. when we're going through a hard time. Gosh, we're like, yeah. what can I stand on? Yep. Well, I could stand on this and that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't feel like enough to just stand mm-hmm. on the fact that God's in charge. Like, So we start building some other little janky foundation over yeah. here that's just not going to withstand the test of time. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all tempted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's the Sermon yeah. on the Mount. You know, He ends yeah. with, he who hears my words and practices them will mm-hmm. have a house a house well built, a house that is built on the rock, you yes. know? And so it's, yeah. and obviously the Sermon on the Mountains is hard to conceptualize sometimes. Like mm-hmm. that is a lot that you're asking. It seems like I can't do that, but <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things of, man, he really knows if you practice these things and you do these things and you don't just hear my word. Yes. That's why I'm so passionate about spiritual practices and, mm-hmm. and really what does it mean to not just profess Christianity, but practice it. Yes. So then yeah. we are, we are not the ones building the foundation. We're practicing it and I don't know whatever analogy you want to use of God's the architect and we're the builder mm. or whatever you want to yeah, go yeah. with. Right. But yeah. it's, he's given us those ways in suffering and out of suffering and mm. not that we're building a firm house out of suffering for this like doomsday mindset. Right. Of like, sure. Oh shoot, I got to get prepared, get my like tornado <laughs> kit ready, you yeah, know, yeah. or all that. It's, yeah. it's not that. And I imagine PTSD plays into that and different things where it could feel that way. Mm. But really if, for good and for bad, like there is a model that God has invited us into of Mm. actually how to live a life well lived that is Mm -hmm. life giving in the midst of good and is 
is helping us survive yeah. and not thrive, but survive in the midst of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. In the, in the emails that we were sent, not just kind of preparation, kind of greasing the wheels for the conversation. You have a bullet point that I I'm dying to hear your, <laughs> your thoughts on. Uh, cause it's a great question. You, you simply just, why didn't the story end in chapter one when Satan's mm-hmm. accusation was proven wrong? Yeah. yeah. I, I very much want to know what <laughs> I have always wondered that. Cause right. Yes. You get in the beginning of chapter one is the question between the challenger, the adversary, whoever is okay. Does God like serve you because, or does Job serve you God for the things that you give him? Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that's the, that's the question. And mm-hmm. God's like through all the different dialogue of, Okay, here you go. You can you can do this, but just don't touch his body or don't touch this. Yeah. And right away, the first suffering that Job encounters, his response is he tore his robe and he worshipped. Mm, and he yeah. said, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. That answers the question right there. Yeah. Like yeah. his whole theory is disproven like ten verses in. And I'm like, yeah. that's the end that should be the end of the story. Like <laughs> yeah. it just is always and I get why we have I don't fully sure. get, but it it's a beautiful book and I'm so glad we have it, but it seems interesting that that yeah. point right at the beginning that it continues and it makes yeah. you like, God, why? Like what, yeah. what else did you need to show there? Yeah. So I don't know if that's ever stood out well, to you. I think that, yeah. And what you were talking about in terms of the stages of lament mm. and all of that, mm-hmm. it's like you see Job go through that. Totally. Cause again, when, when tragedy first strikes, it yeah. feels like maybe even it's just adrenaline speaking, like blessed be the name mm-hmm. of the Lord. Obviously that's his first response. There's that yeah. muscle memory. It's mm. awesome. But I think as that tragedy sat with mm-hmm. him longer, I mean, going through a hard day is yeah. hard. Going through a hard year is different, you totally. know, or going through loss of a, of a child mm-hmm. is different. So you see his whole process, and I love the way that you were you were kind of laying that out, but it's like that honesty and things that we're picking up in science, right, when it comes to mental health and mm-hmm. things like that, where we're going, you've got to confront whatever it is that's in your way. And in, in some ways that's beautiful and that's absolutely mm-hmm. true. And you look at it and Job is confronting it. He's going, God, you took my kids and I'm mad. This, if, even if I did something wrong, this just seems out hmm. of balance in yeah. terms of what your response should be. I, did, I don't, you know, and even at some point he's going, maybe the sins of my youth, maybe you're like, he's saying, <laughs> maybe there was this thing that happened, you know? And, and that's why it makes such a big point out of the beginning when it says Job was blameless. Hmm. Job never claims to have moral perfection in the same that we same way we would use the word blameless, you know. But Job was this deeply authentic guy, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that comes out in the beginning. It's like he very much values his relationship with God, but you see throughout the whole course of it, he's it's that wrestling again. Maybe worship was his first response. Mm-hmm. But what's his second response and third response? And then mm-hmm. what's his friend's response? Mm-hmm. And it's the complication of the whole process of what we go through when we go through loss. Um, but what you see at the end is it feels like there's this depth that's built in Job where he trusts God. You know, when God first responds, he, I love Job's like, I am not going to say anything. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. Like he's literally like, just tell me, tell me more about you mm-hmm. because you seem to be answering some of these questions without answering them, you know? <laughs> And so there seems like there's this depth and maturity that's built in Job over that time. But I feel like all those chapters mm-hmm. are a little bit reminiscent of like what you would go through in tragedy. It's yeah. like your yeah. first response, I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. 
But what do you do a month later? What do you do yeah. six months later? What do you do at that year anniversary mm. when you realize you're not celebrating that birthday anymore? Like, mm. what is that process? Mm. And it's messy. And Job's yeah. very honest with his friends, and he goes through this whole thing. And I think it really does represent a lot of what we go through mm. in loss, you know? Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah, it's a v- really interesting question. I mean, I, I yeah. that'll that'll haunt my brain for a little while. <laughs> but I, I mean, because I have my initial thoughts, but I also yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. also like. <laughs> I don't want to give my initial thoughts because it's the mm. book of Job, you know, <laughs> right. like your initial thoughts are, are yeah. usually the wrong, yeah. you know, like I, yes. I mean, I feel like, you know, maybe, um, you know, there's, there's like, I think of, um, we have someone on our staff who does this really well, Tammy. Mm. Um, and especially when she's paired up with someone who talks too much like me, <laughs> um, you know, uh, when, when she was my direct oversight for a while, we'd have weekly meetings and we'd come in there and she would just hey, how's it going? And I'd talk a little bit and then I'd like wait for her to like mm-hmm. say a thing or bring, and then she'd just sit and, yeah. and, and I, okay, well I'll, I'll share more on that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I would just keep mm. going, you know, and she would, she'd wait until the third or fourth time I, when I squeezed everything I could out of the question that she had asked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and she was able to get me to a, I felt as someone who talks a lot, I felt really honored that she would mm. listen to me. Um, not mm. everybody wants to listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but B like she helped me process through things by just, by, by forcing me to squeeze a little bit more to get mm. those last yeah. couple drops out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if there's some element of that, you know, mm. it's like, well, yeah. here's Job's response, but then God's like, but, but now, mm, now this period between, you know, the introduction and when God shows up mm-hmm. perhaps, and, and the frustration mm. and the wrestling with his friends and then, you know, the mysterious Elihu comes on at the end. It's mm. like, maybe a lot of that is God just saying, all right, Job, just keep squeezing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause he, and he does, he, he comes to the realization of his redeemer yeah. um, in that space. God is very mm. patient. In yeah. The whole thing. You know, it's yeah. like he lets it sit for quite a while he and he lets yeah. a lot of people share their two cents. He doesn't mm. feel the need to come mm-hmm. charging in mm. there and set them straight. He lets them process that whole thing out. Yeah. And I did feel like, you know, it's like you get in an argument with that friend, you know, and maybe you're talking about politics or whatever and you're arguing and you're not agreeing, not agreeing, not agreeing. And then at some point you come full circle and you're like, <laughs> and we're talking before. about the same thing again and we still don't agree on it, you know? And it feels like God waited until he came mm. full circle and then he's That's like, all right, let, let me give you a little perspective yeah. here. Yeah. You know? yeah. And huh. that, that phrase toward the end of Job for me, it was, I, I just started to have this realization. And right before that last sermon, it was real crazy season for me with, with David mm-hmm. stepping out and we were in Alaska together and, <laughs> and I was flying back from Alaska the day before I was preaching this message and I was like, gosh, I'm just tired. I feel like I can't see straight. I'm like trying to figure out what to say. And, and I had this realization um, while I was flying that God seems a lot more interested in giving us perspective than he does giving us answers. And that's at the end of Job. That's what it is. It's like, you've asked all your questions, Job, are you done? You done coming back around the same thing over and over? Let me give you a little bit of a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it seems harsh. I mean, God definitely comes in mm-hmm. and he doesn't go, how are you feeling, mm-hmm. Job? You know, he's like, he knows now. He's like, and God knew anyway. Um, but he comes in and goes, let me give you this perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's like a splash of cold water on Job's mm-hmm. face where he yeah. goes, oh, geez, I have been wallowing mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. And now you're giving me this refreshing new perspective. Mm-hmm. And I go, 
wow, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I had no idea you are who you are, yeah. you know. And I, I think to me, one of the things I see in, in God's response to Job mm. is really just, it is like a, like a, a very almost like visceral hmm. engagement with the reality that trusting God is reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. God, yeah. again, I think it's, it's easy to read that it, just like any text message, you know, you, you know, we know not to have, you know, heated conversations over text message because most, the tone <laughs> most of us do. Yeah. Most, yeah. Most yeah people some do. people don't, sometimes yeah. we don't, we, uh, and I may or may not have been uh, guilty of doing that every here and there, but, uh, but you know not to do it because you lose the tone, you know? Yeah, and, sure, and so we yeah, have this problem totally. a little bit in God's response. And I, I'm sure that it's not, a, like you said, not a gentle, kind, uh, uh, tender tone, you know? Although mm. I'm sure there is some of that in there. Mm-hmm. But I think, I, to me, I see a lot of like, Job, it is so reasonable to trust me. Mm. Like that sliver of you yeah. that clung to me mm. is is right. And mm. let me speak to the to the wrestling you're having with not trusting mm. me. And, yeah. and 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 again, it's still it at, at the tail end of a book that invites us to dig, mm. to, to dive, to mm-hmm. to wrestle, to question, to think, to reason mm. things out. Um, that presents us with challenging questions, you know, it's not God just shutting up the questioning. That's mm-hmm. absolutely not the case because yeah. Job's friends did that and God reprimands them and says, Job spoke rightly of you. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 God inviting that and saying, hey, but trusting me, it's it's a really reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can, you, you alluded to that a little bit with your kids, you know, yeah. in going to work. And I, like I think of, again, like an airplane, you know, like if you're mm-hmm. on an airplane and there's turbulence and the turbulence really bad and I, mm-hmm. I can m- remember a couple uh, flights you know, where it's really bad or even one where it was like the landing was like, I Ugh. think we almost died there, you know, <laughs> oh, but yeah. what would have the worst hmm. thing I could have done would have been to stand up in arrogance and say, I'm going to the front of the plane mm-hmm. and I'm telling this guy to move over, yeah. you know, <laughs> huh. I'm going to land yeah. the plane. Mm-hmm. Like that would be so foolish, you know, yes. like and you I wouldn't yeah. be able to help. Like yeah. there's nothing yeah. you yeah. could do in that moment, actually. It's yeah. like, you don't know how to fly a plane. Yeah. 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 The yeah. most Which reasonable <laughs> thing I can do yeah. is trust my life to that pilot yeah. who simply knows what I don't know. Now, does that mean yeah. that I couldn't possibly someday learn to, yeah. to fly yeah. a plane? Sure. You know, yeah, you yeah, know, I, I could do that. Does it mean it's I don't understand the way that airfoils work or yeah, but yeah. I need to mm. trust God in this moment. Yeah. And when we land, mm. perhaps I know the pilot and I say, "Hey, what happened? Sure. <laughs> why did we? Why did it feel like we were yeah. going to die we there? Not do you that know? next time. Yeah. You know, it's like God's the pilot though, and He's bringing you, and He's like, "Let me explain to you yeah. the altimeter and how yeah. that works." And yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh geez, I had no idea what I didn't know, you know. Yeah. And that's like mm-hmm. David and I talked about the shock of, like, like Job's response to Leviathan, you know, mm-hmm. which we had we had good debate about. Uh, like, is this a is this a Satan figure mm-hmm. that he's explaining? Is this an actual creature? Uh, I think there's some acceptable debate inside mm-hmm. of those questions. But there's something about Leviathan. He explains Leviathan, and Job goes. Say no more. I get it. And we're going, really? That's the that's your response to that thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is. It's that same thing. It's like, well, do you want to fly the plane? Because right. I'll explain to you how a few of these things work. Best of luck with that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty overwhelming, you know? Yeah, I kind of love God's response at the end there. And I think mm-hmm. there's yeah. a, I struggled with it for a while. Like, gosh, that sounds real harsh. And it, yeah. and it totally can be, right? It's like if you maybe, like, to use your plane analogy, you like push the little flight attendant button, yeah. right? And you're like, quick question. Like there's yeah. a lot of turbulence here. Are, are we doing okay? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if, and the, you know, flight attendant was like, you're sound, it could be portrayed as like, you're an idiot. Sit down. Yeah. You're not yes. the pilot. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And yeah. you're like, 
just ask a simple question. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 and yeah. clearly like, this is not, it's not like it's a sunny day, Yeah. but I just, I, I wonder, and based on how Job responds, and I, I think he said after God, you know, says, do you call lightning and like bring it to your, then they say, hi, yeah. here we are. Like, yeah. do you see the storehouses of snow? Yeah. He says something along the lines of like, um, I mean, I know that you're in control or something, mm. or I know that you can control all things. And so I wonder how much of, on our perspective, it seems like God's response was so harsh. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe we would have loved, you know, for him to be like, hey, pal, you know, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. This is a lot. But I, I wonder, too, if that's actually what Job needed to be reminded of in the moment to yeah. calm his fear, yeah. right, of, of, hey, I actually, I made snow. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I create lightning and tell it when to strike on a monsoon night in Phoenix, yeah. Arizona. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I'm the one that does that. Mm -hmm. And that that was actually maybe more of what Job needed in the moment than a hug and a pat on the back. Yeah. Not that he didn't need that, you know, yeah. but I just wonder how much he needed that perspective. Yeah. yeah. I even think a, maybe a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, I was just wrestling through some painful stuff and talking to the Lord about it mm. and like brushing my teeth one night in the middle of nowhere. I just felt so clearly that the Lord said something mm -hmm. in direct response to the stuff I was processing. And it was not a warm fuzzy. It was mm -hmm. not a, yeah. Hey, Cal, so sorry. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a challenge and it was kind yeah. of a, intense mm. word but it mm. is ex it was exactly what i needed to feel seen and known by god and reminded yeah. that he's god and i'm not yeah. and so yeah. it, it is yeah, a helpful definitely. reminder as i read job of me god operates on wisdom and it's not my wisdom and yeah. and when we give him space to speak although that's a, a messy thing too of I me mean, i just wonder how much of it wasn't just our initial reaction mm, of yeah. God seems harsh and he's mean and he's not kind during suffering, yeah. you know, and that God was the yeah. one that said those things. Yeah. Like yeah. his friends didn't get the place to say, well, you know, God's in control and yeah. which is a good thing to say, but the Lord actually like he, he was, he was able to say, yeah, that. he was yeah. like, I, that's my line. Like yes, not your line. Totally. <laughs> well, and I think too, one of the, one of the perspectives and part of the reason why I think Leviathan, when he's explaining, I mean, David talked about how to train your dragon. Or <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's all, and I sat, I remember I sat in a sermon long time ago and somebody's like, see, this is why dinosaurs lived the same time <laughs> as humans. And, and I'm going, sure, sure, maybe that brings up that sort of debate. But there's this verse at the end of Leviathan when he, when, when God says he sees something to the effect of like the hearts of all the men hmm. kind of thing on, on the earth. And there's just something that seems kind of otherworldly about Leviathan and I thought for the season of life that we're in right now, it's like, it's so easy, you know, right now China's in the news for, you know, saber rattling. And I don't know if it's more than saber rattling. And yeah. it's really, really easy to read the news right now and to go, holy crap, hmm. like things are bad yeah. and they're out of control bad. And it seems like there's nothing we can grasp onto that's giving justice hmm. or goodness. Like it just seems overwhelming. Hmm. And I think there's a little bit of that with Leviathan. It's like, you know, whether it's the enemy or the work of the enemy or something, there's those seasons, and we've lived in a couple of generations of relative comfort. Mm -hmm. We've hit a new season where things are not comfortable, mm -hmm. and yeah. we all know. Like, the apple cart's been upset. We don't know necessarily exactly where everything's going to sift out. Mm -hmm. We know 2020 was hard. 2021 didn't seem that much better. 2022 has its own challenges. Mm -hmm. We're like, when is this going to mm -hmm. let up? But there's something really beautiful. I feel like the Lord's highlighting this, like when we're overwhelmed by the work of the enemy, hmm. when you're overwhelmed by Leviathan, uh, our job is to take a step back and to remember 
that Leviathan or Satan or the Satan or, or mm -hmm. the adversary mm -hmm. is that dog on a leash mm -hmm. and realizing as overwhelming as the evil feels and the, the work of the enemy is overwhelming, God is even more overwhelming, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's this simple, and I think that's why Job responded the way he did. It mm -hmm. feels like, like he wants to know, Job is desperate to know, like, is this the is this the end of it? Like, mm -hmm. is there is there no end to what Satan can inflict onto me? And God's going, no, there there is an end to that, mm -hmm. you know. And I think just looking at humanity, looking mm -hmm. at the church, looking like we're feeling rather Job-like right now. We're feeling like, are you going to stop this at any mm -hmm. point? Because this mm -hmm. feels overwhelming to me. But you see that character of God going. No, you don't understand. Like, mm -hmm. I completely see all those things. And yes, it's way bigger than you are. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's no way you can penetrate the, the scales of Leviathan. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I can. Mm -hmm. And I have this mm -hmm. under control. And you got to know, I, I am over this, this monster you yeah. know, that's over us. So there was that aspect to it that I was really going, mm -hmm. again, Job is saying so much. Like, I didn't get to say hardly any of <laughs> yeah. that. But it's like... Job is mm. is adding so many layers onto our understanding yeah. of God that the more I pour mm. into it, the more I get mm. out of it. You know, and I think it's interesting seeing his response along those lines of feeling like not like you said not the, not the like oh sweet little Job mm -hmm. let me hold you <laughs> yeah. you know like it says something about us too you know because mm. God knows us mm. and and I think again even just in this moment in our culture where it's like like it seems like universally we've realized oh we have a we have a problem mm. with, with our inner life. Yeah. Like, mm. like it, it felt like it was boiling for a while and then COVID hit and it was like, okay, well, none of us can pretend that it's not a problem anymore. Mm. And it's interesting because it's on the tail end of a, of a few decades of maybe even a couple generations of, of a lot of tenderness, mm. a lot of compassion, a lot mm. of trying not to hurt, a lot mm. of trying to not to offend. Mm. And, and, and what we're realizing that that seems to be, Perhaps one of one of the you know the variables that's made it so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and and, the, and this word anti fragile has been mm. coined recently, mm -hmm. and I've heard a lot of hear a lot of talk about it. This idea of mm. things that actually get stronger when they're faced with adversity. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, I think it, I can't remember who the guy was, but I watched him on a podcast who had coined the term was talking about particularly about children. You know, mm. and the anti fragile nature of children, how children need to have you know, playgrounds with a rusty mm -hmm. nail floating yes, around, you yeah. know, where they might get scraped mm -hmm. on and hopefully not get tetanus, you yeah. know, like yeah. they need to get, and they need play without parents. Yeah. And they need an encounter with a bully, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and to figure out, Oh, okay. That person was so mean to me mm -hmm. and said horrible things. And I pulled through. And, and the mm -hmm. difference with children is it's like, you know, we, we what we're trying to do, um, really is you know, protect from those life scars, but those life scars come when there isn't a place of safety in life, mm -hmm. right? So like yeah. I had a close friend um, in junior high um, who got bullied quite a bit and I encountered like it was junior high, you know, who doesn't get, who doesn't <laughs> sure. get called names, who doesn't have an enemy or a bully or whatever. And yeah. I encountered something, not, not quite to the same extent he did. It mm -hmm. scarred him for life. Mm -hmm. For me, it, it didn't. The difference was 
my home was stable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he went home, he had an older sibling mm-hmm. and he had a stepfather who yelled at him constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, so he went home to no stability. No one's yeah. saying, hey, that's okay. What that person said isn't true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go up to that guy and stand up to him the next day and tell him, hey, you need to stop this. You know, like yeah. he didn't encounter that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went home, you know, I had parents who were obnoxious and how affirming mm-hmm. they were. Yeah. And, yeah. and so th- there's that. And who also did not. Uh, overly protect me from from adversity. You know, I think yeah. there's something that God in his, in his tenderness knows. Sometimes we need a little bit of tough love. It's good, and, um, and I think even I was talking the other day about the the TV show Alone. Have you guys ever watched that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh, it's I love that it's show. so great. It's like <laughs> it's great. Survivor, but you know, real but life, real. Oh, they gosh. just they just yes. takes they take ten people and they they take them to a horrible place in the wilderness and they drop them off and they're far away from each other. They never interact. They just have their own camera gear and they film themselves That's terrible. Um, and they have to yeah. outlast everyone else. And, the and last they never person. know when other people are leaving. So like, it's like real just, life hunger games. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Kind of, yeah pretty much. Yeah. yeah basically. And, uh, Without the killing, but yeah. Sure, 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 yeah. And I, I think it was the second or maybe the third season, the guy who won, right? It's, I mean, it's absolutely horrible. They always, they seemed for like eight of the seasons, they put them in Vancouver Island, which is this miserable, Miserable wet place where you can't start a fire. Yeah. It's oh cold. Gosh. It's up in Canada. It's just starts freezing over. There's like bears the at some yeah. point. Yeah. And the guy who won out of the second or third season was a believer. Hmm. And um, and he's you know he's won. He's outlasted everybody. Hmm. He's emaciated. You know it's been horrible. You know everybody suffers on that hmm. show. Um, and uh, and he's kind of on his you know flying into the sunset moment. You know the final cut. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said one of the things is my my worldview as a believer has a lot to do with suffering. Hmm. And I think that suffering produces some really valuable things. And so I wow. think I think that was a big part of what brought me hmm. to the end. What brought me to win this was that I saw value hmm. in what God was doing in me through the suffering, through the hunger, through yeah. the frustration, through the day when my shelter collapsed hmm. or whatever. Hmm. You know, and I, there's something really valuable to that. And I think that there's a lot of strength if if we in the church can learn hmm. not to um not to dive unnecessarily mm-hmm. into suffering, of course yeah. not, yeah. but not to avoid suffering mm-hmm. and not to turn it off and not to go to Instagram to pretend mm-hmm. it's not there mm-hmm. and not to protect our kids from, of course, to, from a certain degree of it, but yeah. not to overly protect them from adversity and pain yeah. and stretching. And mm-hmm. and the Bible affirms that, you know, it yeah. says that this mm-hmm. produces something beautiful in you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got to Job of, he said, my ears had heard of you, but now yeah. my eyes have seen you. Like, mm. Gosh, that's my prayer for any of the smallest bit of suffering that I go through yeah. to the biggest or that my friends or that man, that that would be true. Yeah. That I would, I would be, you know, not that I am not trusting God, but there would be maybe a deeper trust without floaties on, you know, yeah, that would yeah. be like yeah. a new level of trust that man, like, oh, wow, there is a new part of you, God, that I that I get to mm-hmm. see doesn't make it right or wrong about the suffering yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't put a bow on it, but yeah. there's something, a character about God. There's a, a, a part of him an experience mm-hmm. of him, a relationship between him and I that, yeah. that yeah. we get to, we get to see in new ways yeah. because yeah. of suffering. And that's yeah. what I loved what, Jeff said towards the end of his message, which was quoting our friend Morgan, mm-hmm. um, oh, who yeah. has a lot of chronic mm-hmm. health issues. And she said, uh, what it? She said the healing for me uh, was finding the Lord in the suffering. Mm. Wow. And I just think, man, what a beautiful. And this is a woman who deals with chronic pain mm-hmm. every single day, you know, and, and, and medical question mm-hmm. marks all over her life. And, uh, and, and also some, some real life pain, too. And mm-hmm. has just found that there's so much value in finding the Lord. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I think 
as we wrap up Job, for me, I'm kind of going, Lord, help me to build that mm-hmm. muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to find the, the purpose in the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I don't, mm-hmm. I want to be able to be the, the kind of person that just keeps going. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to keep coming back to the table and going, okay, Lord, I'm still frustrated about the <laughs> thing I was frustrated yesterday and the day before that, you know, but I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep looking for you to be speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the resilience that we need right now. I think that's mm-hmm. the, the resilience that God is calling his people to, to mm-hmm. be in. Because yes, we have hope, but sometimes hope is painful. And we're called to be resilient and strong, and that means we have to go through hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do, I think we're able to be a light to the world a lot more than yeah. when we're protected from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm curious. I feel like we're kind of rounding out here, but we yeah. still got some time. So I'm curious, uh, was Kelsey and then Ryan, any little thoughts that didn't have a, an easy connection, anything <laughs> that you want to just squeeze in, if even if it's a little non sequitur? Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, I think what I one of the things I love about Job and what I love about the whole Bible is just that it's a deep well and that mm-hmm. you got, you got to work for it. Yeah. And some of that is incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that is a gift that I know that God's given me a brain. Um, mm-hmm. and I wish it was smarter sometimes <laughs> that I can use it. Yeah. Um, and that God really speaks and that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, for me, obviously with spiritual practices that it matters so much that me personally and my students that I get to be in their lives, um, mm-hmm. and our church and that stuff that, man, we are, we're, practicing the way of Jesus to use John Mark Comer's language, you know, but, but really just the gift of scripture of like, God really does see us in our pain. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And we get to tell him that, you know, he is a kind God who says, come to me with your Mm -hmm. questions and doubts of where you think I'm not working. And, and he, he celebrates Job almost, you know, you did it right and your friends did it wrong. And Mm -hmm. so, it just makes me so grateful and makes me love Jesus and, and love God and love scripture even more. That's, I mean, that's what I love about Job. It's yeah. just, it is confusing and it's mysterious, <laughs> but also that yeah. gives me some hope of the things that are confusing and mysterious about my life. Mm. That's normal. Mm, right. Yeah. And it doesn't make me sleep better at night sometimes, yeah. but also it gives me a, Hey, you don't have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like that can be hard and painful and you serve a God who you watched in Job, mm. be faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he is, he is faithful. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I think it just, it's a, it's a cool book that yeah. is it. Every time I go back, there's new stuff and, yeah. and it just keeps pointing me back to the faithfulness mm-hmm. of God that I'm yeah. so grateful for. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any, not to put you on the spot, yeah. it's okay if you don't, any resources or books or anything like that, that you would recommend to someone on a dig deeper in Job or any of the tangential topics? Yeah. Yeah. We'll put these in the, uh, in the description. That's sure. great. Yeah. I love, um, John Walton stuff. I think is great. He's got a, um, a YouTube series on Job okay. that is really, I mean, it's like it's maybe like 20 or 30 parts. It's, it's, it's very long, but it's really approachable. And he, um, is college professor. And so he teaches Mm. really wonderful. And so I love his stuff. Um, and then stuff on lament, I think is great. There's, um, a book called prophetic lament, um, that is really great. Um, and yeah, any, any kind of spiritual practices book, I think, um, the life you always wanted by John Orberg and Mm. John Mark Homer's got great stuff on Mm. lament. That's just that real practical stuff of how do I learn this for me for the future? And then how do I, how do I learn this for my friends? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Ryan, any left field thoughts that you want to squeeze in? Yeah. I do have one left field (laughs) thought I'll throw in. Um, the, the counsel of God in the, in Mm. chapter one, I think brings up something that, again, as Christians that we avoid. Mm-hmm. And it, it speaks to the mystery mm-hmm. and 
might I just say, the weirdness of God to totally. some extent. Uh, when you read the, the, through the Old Testament, um, maybe you're like me, but it's like I, I will hear things like the counsel of God mm-hmm. and go, oh, okay, and I kind of shelve that as like, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting, kind of weird. Yeah. It's in the junk like, Yeah, is that like his executive team that he meets yeah. with? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, not really picturing it, you know. But there is something very interesting about that. And there's a book called The Unseen Realm Mm -hmm. that I think is actually Mm -hmm. a really great book. It's very dense. Mm -hmm. um, And we've talked a lot about that book. Daniel Riccio, I know this is for Daniel because I know he would have probably mentioned this book at some point. Um, But it really dives into all the like, why does the Bible say that? Mm -hmm. That's weird, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's these angelic beings and what is that being and what is this thing? And and it's funny as you dive into that, that sort of stuff, it's actually really beautiful. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy basically wrote a book on all the things that you like kind of shelve and go, well, that's yeah. kind of confusing. He talks about all of that. And I would say really to the what we, we hit at the last point, and David hit it and I hit it too, but that Ephesians 3 verse mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, we the unseen realm, uh, the, the powers and principalities in the unseen realm and the spiritual realm are learning about the character of God by looking at the church. They're learning about the manifold wisdom of God, the, the multifaceted nature of God. You could look at him this way and yeah. you could look at him this way. And um, and I, I would say, I think the, the biggest thing that to me as I was, that was giving me comfort coming out of Job is there is this spiritual realm that's wild and crazy and it's in control. Yes, we live in a well-run world, but we are surrounded by a lot of things that are make us question that, you know, but you look at that and you go, no, God has ordered the world. He's ordered the spiritual realm. Um, and our lives don't just impact the people around us. They impact the unseen realm too, Mm. which is just wild to me. And I think as we're going through not just hard times, but in good times too, or comfortable times where we're just numbing ourselves or whatever it is, to constantly remind ourselves and each other mm-hmm. like Job is being reminded. And Job, that is the backdrop. Like his battle is spiritual. Yes, it's playing out in the physical realm, but it starts with a question, have you considered my servant Job mm-hmm. in yeah. the spiritual realm? Like that is the thing that colors the whole book of Job. And I think for us, we have to engage in the spiritual realm. We have to understand that that's going on in the background mm-hmm. and in some ways is more real and more tangible mm-hmm. Yeah. than what we're going through here. Yeah, and that's uh, The Unseen Realm by Michael S. Heiser. Yes, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great book. I, it's I, dense, I love though. It. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's like a read a page and a half and then think really hard <laughs> yeah. about what you Come just back read. A month later. Yeah, because yeah. exactly. what he's doing is he's diving in and saying, well, here's some of the things that we miss in translation. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things that, that we feel are probably mysterious, mm-hmm. yeah. um, are, there actually are some answers in the scripture on some of these yeah. things when it comes to the spiritual realm that, that just, just kind of gets weird. lost <laughs> yeah. when we come over they're, to the English. They're descriptions yeah. and they're yeah. explaining, but we're like, really? Yeah, <laughs> and then some of it's uncomfortable because in 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 a in a society, you know, where we tend to read the Bible in English and we've lost a lot of those things, we've created our own taxonomies of sure. the spiritual yeah. realm that actually don't necessarily align with what you would see if you were reading in in the Greek. Yeah. And so that can be a mm-hmm. little bit there can be a little bit of dissonance there. Yeah. Um uh, but I think that book is really good. I, I would say, you know, he continues down that vein. He's got a book on angels and on demons. And I, th- I think mm. in those ones, he gets a little, uh, he's spending a lot of time in extra biblical sources. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, so I think he... The demons book, I think you were saying, gets yeah. a little little dicey. S- still worth reading for yeah. someone, I, you know, I, I would say. But uh, but I think he does a better job keeping it 
close and tight in the unseen realm. Yeah. Um, and then when he, he's kind of still milking that cow a little bit, he's going to a lot. I think yes. I think going a little bit too much to extra biblical stuff uh, sure. to say this is what the ancient hmm. Hebrew worldview was. Mm-hmm. Might not be as much when you're looking at uh, you know other Near Eastern cultures. Sure. Certainly yeah. that influences and and informs us some of what the Hebrew perspective yeah. might have been. But I think you know that but, yeah, counsel of God. Book. If it brings up a question for anybody, it's yeah. like d- dive in a little bit there. There's yeah. something very interesting and unexpected yeah, when you dive into it. Yeah. It's a wonderful yeah. book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and mind blowing. I would say in it a is. lot of ways. Yeah. Any other resources? Uh, no, I mean, I've hit it really hard. Christopher Ash's book, mm-hmm. Trusting God in the Darkness, I think is great. He's got a commentary, too, uh, that mm-hmm. I went to fairly often, especially in terms of that that translation of um, uh, blameless. Mm-hmm. He was really instrumental in laying out exactly that phrase. And, and so, you know, the, I unpack that in some of my sermons. But his long-form study of Job is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I and and for me, I don't have any other little nuggets from left field or anything like that. But I would yeah. say, just you know, Nancy Piercy's book on finding truth, mm-hmm. uh, I think was really good. Anything by her is, you know, it's it's big. Um, she she's uh, she's just an incredibly intelligent woman, and mm-hmm. her thought processes are so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, she really believes in like let's let's think and use our minds and use reason, mm-hmm. yeah, subservient to the scripture and the spirit sure. of God. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a wonderful book, but yeah, I'd, I'd say that one for sure. Mm. Um, in, in the book of Job and for anybody, cool. uh, at living streams or elsewhere, actually, we all, we mm. have a lot of book recommendations. If you go to livingstreams.org slash library, mm. um, you can find a number of different people from the church who've recommended some books. Um, you can find yeah. different topics. You can actually look at the different sermon series that we've done, um, and, and get a little, uh, you know, see the books that we recommend on those, those sermon series that we use to kind of inform that. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, well, thank you guys so much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a delight. Um, thank you guys for watching with us. Uh, thanks for listening to us nerd out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always enjoy doing that. Uh, we enjoy doing this after every single sermon. I enjoy doing I this do probably quite, like it. quite a it. bit more than is healthy. It's just a fun thing to do to sit down and nerd out with some nerds about yes. really about some of the most meaningful things mm. that one could nerd out about. Yes. So, yeah. uh, thanks for being someone who watched all the way to the end of this very long <laughs> podcast. Uh, thanks for caring enough to uh, nerd out with us. And, and if you go to Living Streams, come talk to any one of the three of us uh, or Jeff or Mark or David will be hard to reach for the next 10 months. Um, <laughs> And yeah. uh, just, or Dan Riccio wasn't here today, mm-hmm. but he's always got thoughts too. And yeah. we'd love to chat more with you guys about uh, the book of Job or the Bible or whatever you're learning. So thanks for being with us and we'll see you next time.